Is this on? And welcome back to the fourth edition of the Flyover State Sports Show. The only show more boring than the state that it's produced in. I am your host, Sam Long, and I am joined by the everlasting crew that is Gavin Alexander. What's up? Mr. Beans. What up? Well, gentlemen, we have a very, very impactful show i would say you know coming off the back of our first mock draft we have a lot to talk about in a lot of different areas too considering that now the nfl is kind of in a state of sleep before the combine it's the calm before the storm before we start i want to thank our sponsor not sponsor today usarian because it's really good at keeping your hands moist i <laughs> Had really, really dry hands about like a month ago, and I started using this product, and my hands are no longer dry. So I want to thank you, Sarian, for not sponsoring us. And if they are listening to this, uh, we will sponsor. make fun of your – yeah, if, if you if you want to sponsor us, um, then we will take uh, checks. We are absolutely ready to sell out four episodes in. We're already professionals. Yep. And my internet on my computer went out. So screw you, internet. I'm using my phone today. And here's Gavin with the quick hitters. All right. So as Sam was kind of talking about, we're going to cover a lot of different things today. And we're going to move through most of these, at least the quick hitters, uh, pretty quickly. So It's like they're quick. That's right. Uh, so the first thing that uh, we learned this week was that bagels are secretly really bad for you. I have absolutely nothing to back that up besides I heard it from a podcast that I reasonably trust. So uh, think about that when you're making breakfast in the morning. What uh, podcast did you hear that from? Um, it was like a fantasy football podcast where they got really derailed. Like our oh, weather oh talk? God. Oh, we don't have weather talk in this in this uh, episode. No, yeah, we, we haven't got weather talk in this. I feel no, like this is the week we need. The end. Okay, because this is the week we need to talk about our weather here in Kansas. Yeah, no yeah. shit. Beautiful. We'll, we'll, t- we'll do weather talk um, at the end. Okay, but Gavin, I'm going to add that to our segment. Now. All right, okay. Uh, All right. Bagels, cream cheese, good. But it's got to be like <laughs> an everything bagel. Just a regular bagel, no cream cheese, garbage. There we go. Yeah. So uh, moving on to the actual NFL news, uh, the well, first wait, thing that one happened. Second. Oh, I, I I need to derail us for one second. Beans, if you yes. cut a bagel a bagel diagonally, Jesus you get Christ. more bagel. Well, no, because it's a wheel. It's a circle. You can't. You. It's the same size. Excellent point. Please continue, Gavin. <laughs> so uh, we had Ali Marpet retiring um, at 28 years old, which was kind of. You know, nobody really saw this coming. You knew they wanted to try and run it back. No, they really didn't. Now you have, uh, obviously, Antonio Brown leaving, Tom Brady retiring. Now one of the best guards and most consistent guards in the in the NFL retiring. Does this kind of eliminate any chances of Tom Brady returning to you guys? 
or at least significantly decrease the chances? Uh, no, because, you know, with Ali Marpet, you know, the odds that they bring back Tom Brady or Tom Brady comes back go from, like, times, like, 10 to, like, times 5, but that was already zero, so nothing changed. Okay. Now that's just the problem for whoever Tampa Bay's next quarterback is. That's a Blaine Gabbert or Kyle Trask problem. Um, Apparently. And now, like, that offensive line was one of the – with the free agents that they have, one of the few remaining, like, strengths, like, really strengths of that team. And now that's starting to falter, too. Is Ryan Jensen a free agent this year, too? I don't know. He is older. I think he's in his 30s. So, I mean, he's pretty close to either A, retirement, or B, his contract might be up. I, I, I hopped on the uh, Bucks Twitter today because Bruce Arians, you know, said something about how they wouldn't trade Tom Brady if he came back and, like, how Bruce Arians just said a bunch of weird stuff. And I thought I saw that somewhere that he was a free agent. And that's kind yeah, of a big deal. Ryan Jen- three landing spots for Ryan Jensen in 2022 for um, Clutch yeah. Point. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, so, I mean, between Ryan Jensen and Ali Marpet and Tristan Wirfs, those were like the three really good offensive linemen, and they might lose two of the three in one offseason. Well, and don't forget, during their Super Bowl run, I mean, they brought everybody back, so it was essentially the same team, just a little older. But, like, when an offensive lineman got knocked out of that starting lineup and they had to go to their depth, it wasn't pretty. What I don't know who the guard they had to bring in, but I remember it consistently being a problem for them. They just managed to be healthy when it mattered down the stretch. Did did uh, Ali did Ali Marpet say why he was retiring? I never really did see. I mean, what story. does he have left to prove? He's a Super Bowl champion. He's okay. made his money. I think it's more of just a. I think this is more of a like. We're. I'm kind of surprised we don't see this more from players like this. Like, for what do they me, have left to play for? For me, you know, you know, you, you say like, oh, like Aaron Donald retiring is like. What would would be like one of the most ill retirements ever? You know, like he went out Super Bowl champion, so many defensive players of the years, all pros, all all the works. But like Aaron Donald still is like in the type of position where he can go down as like, oh, well, this guy can go down as the greatest defender ever, and so that's like some motivation to keep playing. Like, what's Ali Marpet's motivation? To go down as the greatest offensive lineman to ever play, like, there's no mot- – I mean, I played offensive line, and you played offensive line, Dean, there's no motivation for that. Yeah. yeah. Like, so- there, there's no bells and whistles for being the best offensive lineman ever. Every other position there is, even, like, D-tackle for some parts there are, but offensive line is, like, the one where it's, like – offensive line are, like, punter. Those are, like, the two where it's, like, why would I continue to, like, play – there's no like sunshine and rainbows and parade for me after I'm done. But like hunters don't get fucking killed like in the trenches. So like they just play forever. Yeah. He got his money. He got his ring and he's moving on. So good, good for Ali Marpet. Yep. Good good work, Ali. Moving on to our next story here. We have the uh, huge, huge Jackson money laundering scandal that uh, was declared on Twitter. I'm not sure if you, did you guys see this? And I, I did see this. I am looking this up right now. Jackson knew he was on that account or do you think he thought he was on a burner? I don't think the more Hugh Jackson speaks publicly, the more I like 
I mean, it just goes back to our point that the NFL is dumb, right? Because, I mean, this is just not a smart individual is kind of the, the, the lesson that I keep getting taught here. Anybody that openly admits to tax fraud on Twitter, <laughs> just, I mean, I, it was just incredible. Like, he I, came out and just point blank said, like, no, I've literally been using this foundation to move cash around to avoid tax taxation. Uh, I mean, uh, I'm not going to go into that. I'm not going to go diving into that one. <laughs> let's, I, let's just put it this way, right? Like, this is how, like, in the mud Hugh Jackson's rep is, right? Yeah. So, Brian Flores, you know, gets fired, and he goes and does this lawsuit. And everyone's like, yes. Like, we believe you, Brian Flores. Like, you go – like we're all behind you or like most everyone's behind us. And then Hugh Jackson, like a couple days later came out and said he experienced similar things. And everyone was like, fuck you, Hugh Jackson. We don't care. <laughs> you fucking suck. You know what I mean? Like yes. Hugh Jackson is like such a, had such a bad tenure on the Browns and like repeatedly like makes himself look like a complete clown when, whenever he opens his mouth that like people already people aren't even sympathetic to the possibility that he's being discriminated against due to his race like he's reached this weird point where like he's just a hated figure or like yeah. a dismissed figure at like best hated is too strong it's it's a dismissed figure like people just don't care what Hugh Jackson has to say because he's such a bad football coach yeah no i think that covers it uh completely so now uh, next we go into the um, – so Kyler Murray, this situation has been continuing to grow because the NFL needs something to talk about. So uh, what happened was Kyler Murray and his agent got together, put all of their brain cells into this one five-paragraph essay that they had to whip out in 45 minutes in Miss Lonker's class, <laughs> and uh, which they did with only one typo, which was really incredible. But basically uh, – you. Five paragraphs to tell the Cardinals that Kyler Murray wants to be their quarterback and he wants paid. So what were your guys' takeaways with this? I I have one takeaway from this. Um, Don't put bold in your writing because then people only read the bold. Like I I am one of those people that just read the bold and was like, okay, that's enough. I mean, it could have just had the bold and nothing else and it would have said the exact same thing. Exactly. So like I I didn't read anything else other than the bold letter. So anybody else in the future who writes stuff like that, uh, don't do that. It felt like he wanted to use the length of his statement to like prove how serious he was, but then put the bold words in there so that nobody had to actually read it. They could just understand that like I am serious. I I just can't Does he not know like his focus audience? Like the average person who's on Twitter is like around our age and we don't read shit like that. <laughs> we don't the, read the one, that one meme of it's like I'm happy for you or sorry for you I didn't it's like I'm not reading that shit like that's the perfect meme for this I didn't fucking read it I listened to Rich Eisen talk about it exactly yeah. let somebody why, else read it and talk I about read, it why would I read your freaking manifesto on why you deserve a contract extension like so, what like I don't um, like Kyler I don't care so I guess now we get to the actual like beans of the article and 
does he actually deserve to get paid? And if like this type of, because it, it comes off to me, no pun intended with the dude's height, but it comes off like a child throwing a temper tantrum because he doesn't have a lot of leverage. Like he's, he was the reason, a major reason they lost that playoff game. There's been a lot of problems in Arizona, but Car- Kyler Murray's play down the stretch in seasons is one of them. He he doesn't come across to me as a leader because whenever they are down, he just like he does throw that temper tantrum and gets angry and doesn't seem to uh, bring people together. But when they're winning, he wants to take all that credit. And you know who else is getting that exact same thing said about him that got paid after his third year? Carson Wentz up in Indianapolis. They say they don't like his body language. They don't like his leadership skills. And what happened was Philadelphia said, well, we think this guy's really good and we're just going to go ahead and pay him because it's only going to get more expensive. And how did that work out for him? And, and everybody, well. and this was like, a, this seemed like a match made in heaven because Kyler Murray with Cliff Kingsbury just seems like a lethal combination. All right. Both you of have, them have to be good to for like that to be lethal. that Cliff Kingsbury isn't a dog shit coach for that to be true. But, but when it win. happened, when it happened, you couldn't say, okay, yeah, we didn't see this coming. I mean... I thought Cliff Kingsbury would be the first coach fired the last two years. So. Well, yeah, but I, when, I but when they drafted Kyler, when they drafted Kyler Murray, and did what? Didn't you say we saw this coming? This was going to happen one way or another. I mean, I saw them drafting Kyler Murray because you know Cliff, but like I don't know. I mean, I thought Kyler was good. Kyler's also like my height. What if he was okay? What if he was six three and two hundred? That's a completely pounds? different story because the one, the big problem that we have with Kyler is durability and being able to see over the line of scrimmage, and so like, I will go back. Durability. durability alone is probably the big. I mean, here, here's what's happened in the last two years. It, it's the same cycle. Kyler Murray, really good MVP type guy, gets hurt for a couple games, comes back, not same. Cardinals implode. The end. Yep. It's not like Russ, where Russ's play just kind of digresses during the course of the year. I don't know which one is necessarily worse. They both lead to the, you know, same results. You could argue that Russ's play decreases due to just general fatigue because he's older and he's also a smaller quarterback. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I want to cut Kyler Murray some slack because, I mean – He's had a inconsistently healthy, at least this year, DeAndre Hopkins and not much else to throw to. And I like, I don't want to, we've talked on this show, you know, court, wins are not a quarterback stat, but we also say that losses definitely can be pinned on a quarterback. And coming off of that playoff game that Kyler Murray had, and along with the attitude that he showed in that game on and off the field, this is not the time to be posturing for a contract. So I just want to reiterate what Rich Eisen said because I agree with him wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly. This is just super weird. Like everything about this just feels super weird. Mm-hmm. Like players don't do this like in <laughs> after their third year. Does it make like, you feel like what the Cardinals have said about his personality might be more true than people give credit? So I, I listened to Rich again today, and Rich basically said, and I'll just throw this out for you guys to think about it, is that this is, like, the primer for him, like, willing to request a trade, like, before the season starts because he's not getting his demands met, right? And yeah. this is him saying, like, 
oh, guy. Because, like, in the beginning, it's like, oh, I want to, like, speak to Cardinals Nation. So it's like, oh, look at me, fans. Like, I want to be here and win a Super Bowl. But it's the team who won't, like, make the commitment to me. I'm, like, here trying to make it. and They won't. So I want to leave. And then suddenly it's not his fault. So my my question is 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 this this is the second time right that the Kyler Murray story has covered up a bigger story that has happened in the news? Am I am I mistaken? I mean, it's every week. But okay. Yeah. I mean, I mean Delvin, Delvin Cook uh, is still like on legal trials because he hit his wife allegedly, and that hasn't been talked about either. So. Adrian Peter Adrian Peterson was also on the news for that as well. That, yeah, I didn't nice. even know that. Yeah. So, yeah, they, but we are talking about Kyler Murray instead. Well, you know, I again, it's super weird, and I, I don't know. I think it's just that it's weird, and it will be interesting to see where it goes. Just because, I guess this started as nothing. And he's now, gonna... like, he's let it evolve into something. I said it the first week we made this episode. He's going to go play baseball. <laughs> yeah, like, so... he's going to be able to play baseball. baseball well, not right now because they're having issues. bigger issues. They're not going to play. He's not going to play right now because they're having bigger issues than that. But that's, that's – I suppose. I, I, the A's are, like, not tri- – well, the A's are kind of garbage now, I guess. But I don't know. I'm going to pose it's a hard. question for you guys with this and then – I'm going to make a statement and pose a question and see what you guys think, like, based on this. And the statement is, when is the NFL going to start penalizing these mobile quarterbacks that have a, like, unlimited type ceiling because they can move and throw? Most guys that can throw can't move or whatever. When are we going to start penalizing these guys like Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray for – not winning in the playoffs because that's a continued theme the entire time we've seen these guys. Even like what uh, we saw from, I guess, Cam Newton's the one that come to mind, but it was one run and then he fell off. And the one, like he was a different type of running quarterback as well. He was more physical and massive. But so with that said, if this is all, assume everything that we've heard is true. Kyler once paid and he, they don't think he's a good leader. Do you pay him? No. Can't not. Oh, boy. Oh. I mean, like, you shouldn't pay him now because you can control him for two more years. Right? Four. Well, no, he has two more Fourth years, year right? Contract, yeah. Fourth year option, franchise, franchise. Oh, oh you're right. Yeah. Yep. They have him locked. They can lock him in for a ridiculous cap number. But he can hold four. out. He can hold out. Okay. Well, if he's holding he's out, I don't want him as my quarterback. Well, see? Yeah, then you could just trade him. It yeah, doesn't matter. I, if you I start holding out, we... then, then you trade him. If he's that good, then, like, someone will buy him, right? Like, oh, yeah, if... I, I can see somebody like the, you know, uh, I don't know if he's a scheme fit, but the Houston Texans, you know, they'd probably, you know, bend over backwards to try to get somebody like him. But, like, Kyler can't hold out now because, like, his cap figure isn't high enough. What, what, are, what are the Cardinals going to do? Like, just tell just tell him to go fuck off. Like that's what I would do. Just tell yeah, him to kick and, rocks, and I would go. And I mean, for God's sakes, there's plenty of mid tier quarterbacks. Colt McCoy made the offense look okay-ish. I mean, just go and grab like 
I don't know, Mitch Trubisky or Ted Bridgewater and move. Go grab Carson Wentz off the free agent block. Yeah, just move. And then, like, Kyler's fifth-year option kicks in, and that's a lot higher. But then you just pick it up, and he – I mean – yeah, sure, he can go play baseball, but he gets paid less to play baseball than he would to play football. So, like, well, and at that point, whatever, game? whatever he does at the next team, you've already decided that he's not worth that contract. So, even if another team gets him and signs him and gives him a big contract, you're like, it, you're telling yourselves that they are hurting themselves by doing it. So, I don't really care if that's well, the way that I. So, so Kyler Murray is like good. And you can't not pay good quarterbacks because you don't know if you'll find a good one, right? Like, quarterback is pretty much a 50-50 gamble. And attached to that is if you don't pay Kyler Murray. And, I mean, you have to get up in the draft to get the guy that you want. So you're not just – so, I mean, yes, you're gaining the cap space and the roster flexibility, but you're also probably losing a future first-round pick. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm I'm just saying, like, with – if he's not winning in the playoffs on a rookie contract, I'm not paying him, letting the roster around him get worse and getting stuck into the situation that like the Seahawks are in. Well, and like you mentioned, it's not in, like you mentioned, it's not like they haven't provided enough help for him. I mean, when Deandre Hopkins is uh, healthy, he is very good. They have Zach Ertz. They have a very good offensive line. Yeah. I I don't want to. What was their defense? Wasn't their defense? No, no, yeah, but it was really good. Yeah, it wasn't it top. Wasn't it like was in? Yeah, wasn't it like top eight? I don't remember what they finished, but once JJ Watt got hurt, it wasn't like really good to a lead. It was just kind of good. Yeah, I mean, it's going to go downhill from here for for them because they have some players hitting the free agent mark market. But well, they got cap space and they got all of their draft picks this year, so like they have the ability to fill holes and everything. So I mean, I think this this is a problem that you shouldn't try to resolve now. Yes. Like, I agree. and I understand, I, I think this is a bigger, I think for Kyler, this is a bigger indictment of, he kind of knows that, Hey, I'm a smaller dude and I've gotten hurt the last two years. I kind of need to, you know, get my money before like I get the big one. Yeah, no, I, I agree with, I think we're pretty much in agreement with this. So, All right, so Gavin, I think we should go from players who want contracts to players who got contracts. I know this is a burning hole in your in your heart, so have at it. Fuck yeah! So I'm I'm watching the K State game last night, and I see this come across the bottom of the screen. I don't know why this wasn't a bigger story, just because of how incredible it was. But uh, so at the end of last week or middle of last week, I get a notification that Ian Thomas tight end for the Carolina Panthers has got a $16.5 million extension with $8 million guaranteed. And at that point I was kind of confused because I don't think Ian Thomas is that good. The defense with him is always like, Oh, well he's valuable to the team and he's a good blocker. But according to PFF, he's not a good blocker. So I'm not sure what he does well, but regardless, they like him. So uh, that was last week. We come to this week, and this story finally leaks out. I don't know what they've been doing to keep this under wraps. but So back in last July, Ian Thomas ran from police with him and another person on the back of a dirt bike uh, <laughs> through town. And then once they exited town, Ian Thomas said, Yo, man, I'll walk the rest of the way home and proceeded to try and walk that mile and a half back to his house in which he was caught by the police that they had evaded, and then he was arrested. He was uh, given five misdemeanor charges, including evading pursuit, 
and this was in July. So the Panthers knew this, and the Panthers GM in an uh, in a article on ESPN admitted that they knew this and still gave him the contract. That's what. what what's the yeah, Beans? You're just learning this for the first time. So <laughs> what the? Fuck? I think yes, a this dude evaded pursuit on the back of a dirt bike. And then didn't even evade pursuit all the way home. That's my favorite part. Decided, fuck this. I'm just going to walk the rest of the way home. I, I think that's, like, the most telling part, right? Like, if you're going to be dumb enough to evade police, you got to go all the way through with it, right? There's, <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, okay, could the police have known that was Ian Thomas? Perhaps. Ian Thomas is, like, a big man. He's, like, 6'5", probably, like, 250, 260. He's a tight end. Yeah. Like, he's probably a really big guy. So, I mean, maybe they could identify that that was Ian Thomas. But I don't get, like, the whole thing of, like, ah, this mile and a half is nothing. Like, if it was, like, a quarter of a mile, I'd be like, ah, yeah. like Yeah, it's a driveway. Just, yeah, he just needed to go, like, a couple blocks. Like, he didn't want, his, he didn't want the police to, like, find him. And then, you, you know what I mean? Like, they didn't want to see, like, them pull up to the crib and then yeah you know him walk in off this dirt bike and you know them do whatever but (laughs) so i guess then the second part of this is you know this as a gm this is a dude you've drafted in the fourth round you drafted a tight end last year i think it was tommy tremble that's the point i was gonna hit up why are you giving this guy a contract extension tommy tremble before we knew that he was a criminal it didn't make sense He's a good blocker, but you still have Tommy. Tommy Trimble isn't. Except he's not a good blocker, according to PFF. Exactly. So they're making something up here. (laughs) Yeah, nothing makes sense here. That seems like it makes sense before he was a criminal, and then it comes out that he was a criminal, and then it comes out that you knew he was a criminal, and then it comes out that you gave a criminal, known criminal, eight million dollars guaranteed. I would expect this from Dan Snyder, not from the Panthers GM, whoever that is. Oh, I mean, is, isn't that Tepper? Tepper's a clown. I I'm don't. pretty sure that's David Tepper. David Tepper is just a weird dude who's like super competitive and like loves to throw around money. He, David oh, Tepper, Tepper okay. probably like went on a dirt bike with Ian Thomas and was like, yeah, yeah, you know, like this okay. guy, like I, I identify eight million. So he drove his dirt bike, or this is somebody else's dirt bike? Well, so I think what Sam is saying is the GM knew that Ian Thomas was competitive because he wanted to try and make it more difficult and evade pursuit by running the the remaining amount on foot instead of just taking the easy way out on the dirt bike. I think, so if I just think the Panthers are approaching, like, bad run organization, right? Like, they're, they're, they're hitting – Fastly approaching bad organization. Are they I mean, hitting Houston? Are they hitting Houston Texans? No, level? they're not no, like a complete farce of a team. I think. I mean, I think Matt Rule is like kind of a clown, but I liked what he did year one. And like Tepper is just kind of he's like a Tillman Fertitta for the Rockets, right? Oh, okay, like yeah. Kind of just like clowns, but they love to just throw money around to win stuff. But like that's not mm-hmm. how you win in sports. But yeah, somehow we have all this. Histor- the Yankees won like a bunch in like the early '90s and late two thousand or, or late '90s, early two thousands, and people were like, "Ah, yeah, like you know, you gotta spend all the big bucks to win titles." And except they just completely gloss over the fact that like 
Marion Rivera and like Derek Jeter and like Andy Pettit and like Jorge Posada, like the four main guys were like homegrown players. <laughs> yeah. Like they just completely ignore that fact that like they just kind of caught lightning in a bottle with a lot of money to spend on good players and a lot of good young players. But well, you know, whatever. I guess to wrap this thing up, it, I thought it just kind of perfectly fit in with the uh, theme of this podcast so far with uh, that the NFL is stupid and we just like to point that out. So, <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. I guess eight million for a blocking tight end is surely something. I don't know necessarily what they see <laughs> Ian Thomas, but I feel like good, good for Ian Thomas, right? You know, give well, Ian Thomas around. Everything you just said would like is what I would say if he wasn't a criminal that had five misdemeanor charges for well, raiding pursuit. You know, like, if he was a criminal but he was good, like, that would be different, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, we can call a spade a spade here. Like, Ian Thomas is, like, very, very average to below average at the football. If Ian Thomas was, like, Mark Andrews good, like, who cares, you know? Yep. Do it again. Like, do a flip. Yep, no shit. But, okay, so to move on from Ian Thomas, it is a combine week in the NFL. Uh, we don't really need to hit on this too much just because the combine results won't come until later. But um, I think it's Thursday and Friday and Saturday at the main test on-field testing is going on. We're, um, we're super excited about the underwear Olympics. Um, <laughs> did, yep. did we already give out some – I think we already gave out someone that we uh, expect to test well. So yeah, I, give I me someone so. you're excited to see. I'm excited to see uh, – I'd be excited to see uh, Malik Willis run a 40, to be quite honest. Because Malik, Malik Willis strikes me as mobile, but not necessarily, like, quick, agile fast. You know what I mean? Right. He reminds me of more, like, Cam Newton fast. So I kind of want to see how fast Malik Willis is, just for the fun of it. Beans? Uh, I'm actually – and I know it's kind of hard to – uh, judge a combine because you're running out around in shorts and a t-shirt and when you throw on pads it's completely different but I'm excited to see uh, some of these uh, wide receivers in this draft especially these tall ones you know you got Drake London and you also have Traylon Burks I want I'm just curious to see how fluid they are uh, running the r- running their routes well they better not fuck up the three count or else they'll fall in the second round yeah, there you go hey hey let them fall I think what I'm most excited for is to see if our man Wandale Robinson is really five seven, or if he can press five ten. Like, is, is, can I change? Can I change mine? Is sure. Wandale and Rondale the same height? Who's taller, Rondale or Wandale? I'm going with Wandale, but by an inch, he's five eight. I'm going with that's, that. That's right. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I'm. Do you think Pickett will do his hand size testing? Oh God. There's no way he okay. doesn't. You, he has to. I think. I don't know because because uh, uh, who is was it? Devonte Smith that didn't weigh himself last year. Everybody was speculating no, how Smith much weighed himself. Um, it was. We didn't, a, we didn't have a classic combine last year. Though, uh, that's true. Oh, that's right. Come yeah, on. like so. Devonte Smith was just doing pro day stuff, and so he wasn't going to weigh himself. Kenny Pickett. <sighs> if Kenny Pickett could get away from his hands, his little baby baby hands, like he would, but he can't. The NFL is going to see him, and they're going to find him. They're going to find those small little things. They're going to use a microscope or something. <laughs> um, I actually have one more that I wanted to touch upon. Um, I want to see if any of like the running backs, mainly Brees Hall, Isaiah Spiller, and Kenneth Walker, uh, test like dummy good 
or if any of like the middle guys. So like your Kent, your Kyron Williams, and like your uh, who's the Michigan running back? Uh, Hassan Haskins. Yeah. Your, yeah um, oh, what's his name? Um, you have a uh, Tyler Algier. You have Jerome Ford. Yeah, Algier Ford. I'm t- uh, Damian Pierce. That's the there guy. There you go. Ford, yeah. Like Chad White. Like you know, all those guys. Like I want to see if first if one of those first three guys just test dummy good and locks himself into like a second round pick because none of these guys are going first round or i want to see if any of those like secondary dudes like elevates themselves to the level of the top tier guys and mm-hmm. maybe finds himself like late second early third draft capital unless he makes himself some paper dollar bills this week but i think this is really good since we're already talking about combine we might as well skip a little bit to our uh draft prospect spotlight i think this is a pretty seamless transition yeah this Heck is a good yeah. spot for that so which one of you two guys want to go first do you want me to go first um, uh I, sam has to go first because he does okay i, I want to point out to our audience that sam in our notes just said mystery player quarterback we all have our player gavin and i have our players he just put mystery guys so we're gonna have him go last. yeah so i uh didn't have anyone to start the show um I, oh. you know, I wrote mystery player quarterback and I didn't really have anything for it, except, you know, I decided the person I had most scouted is Skylar Thompson. And I'm going to keep this brief. Skylar Thompson is semi-mobile, like nothing special NFL wise. He's got a meh arm and he's got a lot, a lot of experience. So I think I... Skylar, Skylar Thompson projects to me at his best to be an okay backup quarterback. Think like a dude like Cooper Rush. I knew you were going to pick that guy. I knew it. Well, because I don't know anyone else. I've, wa- I've watched more Skyler. I, I wouldn't call it tape, more like games. I've watched more Skyler games than any other player's games, unless they also went to K-State. And I kind of forgot, you know, that we were doing this this week. So I kind of figured <laughs> that I needed to pick the one player I knew best. And Skyler Thompson is unfortunately the one that I know best. His his draft stock is secretly starting to rise a little bit, and I think it's just because of the experience. I think his practice squad spot is starting to rise, where he's yes. like going to be a preferred practice squad guy. He went, like, he went, he went so, from he went from an insurance salesman to being a, a practice squad quarterback. Yes, yes. Yeah. So here's my thing with Skyler, right? I. I've watched him so much and maybe like because I've watched him so much and I've been so critical of him for the last six years, maybe just maybe I'm underrating him in the eyes of, I I know we say the NFL is stupid and they kind of are, but maybe I'm like missing what NFL guys are seeing. Maybe the NFL guys do see something in him that I just neglected to see because I have not hate filled glasses. I'm not Gavin. But um, <laughs> ah, yeah, shots fired. But you know what I mean—the anti-rosy retrospective glasses. And I just feel like at this point, like I've seen like Alex Magoo or Magoo or whoever. Alex Magoo, however, yeah, Alex Magoo. However you pronounce his name from Florida International get drafted. Like, and I had no idea who that guy was. Like, you see all sorts of dudes who like you never knew existed that were quarterbacks get drafted. So I mean, like. I guess why can't Skyler get drafted? Like, I'm not saying Easton Stick is like any good, and I knew who Easton Stick was, but I'm sure 90% of people had no idea who that guy was when the Chargers drafted him a couple years ago. Gavin knows now how I feel the, about. And now he's the backup. 
Like, again, like, I don't think Skyler's, like, really anything special, but maybe he's just the guy that you draft and he's your backup on that rookie contract because you have a quarterback like, uh, I don't know. Uh, who's a good veteran quarterback? Like, Russell Wilson? Yeah. We'll just pretend oh. Russell Wilson stays in Seattle and Seattle doesn't want to pay Geno Smith. Bam, Skyler Thompson. There. He went to there K-State go. with Tyler Lockett. Boom. Yeah, I, I got nothing much to add there. Skylar Thompson is your perfect. Uh, he's a really nice person in front of a microphone type guy. So the NFL <laughs> will love that. Yeah, I mean, again, Bean, Bean said it best. Went from insurance salesman to possible practice squad guy. So good for Skylar. Uh, yep. one, one quick take on that. Uh, he does have a very solid beard. I don't even think his beard's that good. Okay. All right. Well, continue I, on, I Gavin. Your turn. Okay. But okay. So my prospect spotlight for today, I didn't want to go with any of the like super talked about guys. So I have Jerion Ely, a running back from Ole Miss, that was actually drafted into the MLB, but decided to go play football. I think that what I saw online was he was like a very very late draft pick, but regardless, he was drafted, and had the ability to play uh, professional baseball, went with football. He played for the Ole Miss baseball team, obviously. Uh, so he's a dual-sport athlete at Ole Miss. He was a honor roll student three of his uh, four years in high school – or in – Jesus, in college. Um, so really, like, every single th- – and, like, he's a uh, – not a uber-highly touted running back, but, I mean, he was part of a very potent offense with Matt Corral and did put up good stats this year. It's just he doesn't really have the – elite traits that you look for in a running back. Not bad by any means. We'll see at the combine, but I just appreciate a guy that did every single thing that he was asked to do really, really well. And he was asked to do a lot of things because he was, there was never a point in his college career that he wasn't in season. And I have a respect for that. So, okay. And so can I piggyback off that with my guy? Cause he has this, it's the same kind of thing. I mean, he wasn't a dual sport athlete, but he's just a, he is that guy. He's a character guy. Okay. Uh, so Joe, I, I have Jojo Doman in my prospect spotlight, and I actually got to watch him in person. I went to the Nebraska game uh, against Purdue, and that he is a dog. <laughs> I, I I see you see this big guy, and you're like, oh, that's that's a that's a pretty big linebacker. And you're like, why is he overhanging a slot receiver? And he hung with that receiver. And he has a he has very good uh, mobility. His hips are very fluid, very strong. He is very smooth, a very smooth player, and an explosive blitzer. Um, his he's twenty four years old, so he's kind of a little bit older. But at six one, two hundred thirty pounds, I I see the NFL drooling over making him your pass game linebacker, your dime linebacker, and keeping him into a special teams role the first couple of years, and then filling in as as one of those players another another downfall to him is he had two two acl tears but kind of like going what you were saying with uh uh jaron uh ely just a strong character guy and you have to appreciate that i'm just proud of us for you know if someone lived on the east or west coast and heard the three players we just said i can almost guarantee you nobody has a fucking no. clue who we just know maybe jerry on ely because he was a lead running back in the sec but it's not like he was like a like Top uber tier. dynamic yeah. and well known running back in the SEC. So exactly. Good for us. So on on Ely's case, I would argue that baseball might be one of the best sports for a uh, 
running back to play. I mean, that's all like hand to eye. Yes. He was a he was a pitcher too. Has a 98 mile an hour fastball. Oh, I want to see I want to see if he has a nasty yacker. Did he uh, ever he, um, did he ever get drafted like into MLB? 31st round to like some it was like super 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 late. Yeah. So a guy they take because he's a plus athlete and has a 98 mile an hour fastball. Still yes. though. That's still yeah, solid. No, like and he played like I said he played two sports and like I like I said I ran college cross country track and field and when you you never have an off season when you're in college it's a fucking grueling process so for him to I mean the second football season ends baseball's already going if you go far enough in football and regardless the training's already started yeah I mean college baseball started like couple the, weeks like ago, yeah they they started like the second week of february yeah, yeah and then so i mean he gets done with baseball enough. and it's back to football practice yeah that's damn yeah so never never when this and he was doing all of that because there's another thing that i think is funny where you see a football player that like is on the spring honor roll it's like well you weren't in a sport at that time you were just a regular well, college student so like he was, was. But on the it, honor roll when he was in a sport 24-7. And, and don't don't hide the fact that also spring – football has spring ball. College football has spring ball where they meet for like 15 practices. So you have to also think about that. He missed that part. I imagine he didn't play during spring ball. Still won and, the job. And still won the job. That ought to say something about him. So imagine if he takes full commitment to this year-round. Yeah. Yep. No, that's uh, that's why I really liked him. But I guess – if that wraps up our uh, prospect spotlights, um, we're going to be talking about the Chiefs here quite a bit. Uh, Beans, do you just want to take us into the re-sign draft and free agent portion? And we'll kind of cover everything as we go. Okay. So uh, the re-sign draft and free agent. So we're going to go position by position on offense and defense. And us as a collective group will say, you know, this person is a free agent. We're going to look at the whole collective group and say, okay, we're gonna, we should probably look to free agency or probably look at drafting somebody in this position or re-sign this player. We're going to fix the Chiefs. We're going to fix the Chiefs here. Damn it. We're, we're better than Beach. Absolutely better than Beach. Beach is yep. nothing on us. Hey, three heads is better than one. Kick us off, Beans. All right, so we got the quarterback group here. And so can we just – I don't um, care. Pick up a backup. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. We got Chad Haney. He's a free agent, uh, 36 years old. I, I'm looking for him to retire. I don't want to bring him back. Anything is possible, but not this not this year. I, I don't feel comfortable having a 30s. I mean, I, I feel comfortable with, like, the experience and, like, the veteran thing that he brings to us as Mahomes' backup. But I really would like someone just – Someone better. Well, yeah. okay. I want I want to point this out that Shane Bouchelle, I don't know if you guys remember him. He was a quarterback. Yes. He was actually really pretty, he's pretty short too. Right? He was what? the quarterback at Texas before Sam Ellinger yes. got there. Yes. yes. By the way, anyway. both of those dudes in the NFL, Texas still stinks. <laughs> so still so they won the wanna... Sugar Bowl, I guess, though. So congrats. I want to say that uh, Shane Bruchel is on the Chiefs practice squad, and he was the only protected player this this season. So I imagine they're going to try and fit him into that role as Chad Haney. Not not with the age and veteran leadership or anything, but just you know, you're the backup quarterback now. 
Well, and I mean, it's not like we don't have one of the most forgiving offensive systems for quarterback in the NFL as well. So I don't really care who our backup quarterback is. He's going to be coached up well enough that we can hide him for a game and survive. Yeah. I just want, I guess for me, I just want a veteran, right? Yeah. Like when you're playing at the top, like we are, you can't afford to just lose games. You know what I mean? That's fair. Especially with the one one bye week. The, the um, one team gets the bye in the playoffs, so. Yeah. And yeah. Like, I, I want someone who's like Colt McCoy, where like Colt McCoy knows what to do and knows how to manage a game and knows how to not step on his own two feet. So so are we going to go with resign, draft, or free agent here? Oh, uh, retire. Because Chad H- Chad Henney's like shot. I remember yeah, just, I don't care who you get. Just get a, fr- get a veteran out of free he, agency. He almost lost just that playoff game two years ago. People forget that he just – was awful until the last drive (laughs) yes okay so um all right so we have running backs here i mean we can probably go ahead and wash that quarterback position up into just sign somebody (laughs) uh okay so now we got running back and notable free agents for the chiefs is Jarek mckinnon who is 29 years old and daryl the barrel williams who is 26 so do we want to look to resign draft or turn to free agency I'm drafting some running back late and being completely okay with whoever it is. Cause it seems to not matter if we draft a first rounder, if we get a free agent dude, if we get some dude that's undrafted, like our running backs just work in our system and we don't use them anyway. So I, I, I'm actually going to go with resign here. The production we got, and I, I imagine these two are going to try and, get their money's worth, but the, the production we got with Daryl Williams when Clyde Edwards Hilaire was hurt was solid production. He even he mossed the who did he moss? Was it Jonathan no, he, Abram? He mossed a box safety that was guarding a running back 60 yards down the field. Was was that Jonathan Abram? Yes, a box. Okay. Safety. That that alone says a lot to me. I hate Jonathan Abram. I don't like I don't hate, hate him. Abram I just stinks. Yeah, yeah, he's just – but Jonathan still, you Abrams, had a running back. You had a power running back moss him. Jonathan Abrams is um, – sorry, I'm getting sidetracked. I'm trying to get weather talk to happen. Um, <laughs> but um, Jonathan Abrams is Mark. It's just Mark Barron, but, like, worse. Like, here, here's the thing. Here, here, you know what? You know what? You know what? You know what? This isn't a hot take. I'll do it in the hot take section, though. Okay. Come back to this. Internalize this my party people um, <laughs> about Mark Barron and uh, Jonathan Abram. And we'll come back Okay. Um, for me. Jerick McKinnon's actually made quite a bit of money. Cause he kind of just finessed the He didn't finesse the Niners cause it took both of his ACLs exploding to, you know, finesse them. Yeah. I think, I think Jerick McKinnon brings more to the table in terms of like versatility I think kind of what we've seen from Clyde the first two years is he's really not fast enough or dynamic enough to be the receiving guy. He does surprisingly possess a decent amount of power for being as small as he is. I think the Chiefs are best served to draft kind of a power guy okay, and re-sign McKinnon. And I think Daryl is just going to look to get some cash. I don't, yeah. I don't blame him. Yeah. Um, I, I, so I, I think we got to, I, I don't think you can have both McKinnon and Williams, and I think you can get McKinnon for cheaper. Personally. Yeah, I kind of like that move. That's give probably me like the, a that's Kennedy, the smart move. Give me like a Kennedy Brooks out of Oklahoma. That's been Oklahoma's starting running back for like four years. 
but it doesn't have any elite traits, so he's going to go in, like, the sixth round. And you can just get a dude that's average, like, six yards a carry in college. Yeah. Hold him in to be a power guy and be done. No no drafting, like, a Darwin Thompson guy. Like, we, we don't need to go back for the Darwin Thompson experiment. But, like, do you Darwin remember Thompson, Derek? He was, like, a smaller guy, too, wasn't he? Wasn't yeah. Darwin Thompson? Yeah. yeah. He was, oh, he was, like five, he was, like, 5'7". I would rather take a dude who looks like a stiff that's, like, Six one, like two twenty five, than like someone who looks like he has some juice and is like five, like ten, like two ten. Like, well, let's not forget that we like have to have the most like creative and dynamic goal line offense in the NFL because we don't trust any running back to just plunge it into the end zone on the one yard line unless one of the best run blocking offensive lines in the NFL. I'm just asking them to find a Ramondre Stevenson. Doesn't have to be as good as Ramondre Stevenson. You just have to be able, like with Garrett, not even with Garrett Blunt. Like remember Bo Scarborough? That's all yeah. I want. Yes. I just need some dude who's like a cornbread-fed, freaking six-two monster who can't do anything but run a four-seven forty and like truck people. That's all I want. Because all I need him to do is come in when we're two yards away from the goal line. Yeah, and fall yeah. forward. Yeah. Um, well, okay, so going into that, we have the fullback position with Michael Burton leaving, and that's the only fullback on roster. Uh, resign, draft, or free agent? So no. we do use our fullback quite a bit. We do, I and I, I, I think I, Michael do Burton looked good. to keep him, though? Like, no. That's the thing. He's 30, so, I mean, he's a little older. Um, Fullbacks play for a long So it's weird. Fullback is, like, one of the most physical positions, like, in the league, just in terms of like pound for pound, like hits, but they play like fifteen snaps like a season, so it doesn't matter. I'm looking at the free agent list for the fullbacks this year, and usually they get re-signed. Um, but this is honestly a good fullback free agency. Pat Patrick Ricard, Elijah Penny, Michael Burton, Colin Colin Gillespie. I like him. He's younger and he's just like Michael Burton, so it's a good and Alec Ingold. Hell yeah. Yeah, I'd be fine bringing in any of those guys, whoever yeah. wants to get paid the least. Yeah, you know, so, um, Alec Ingold, you know, doesn't have John Gruden just you know harden on for him too now. So yeah. I don't know, maybe we can get him. I think the one dude I really just wouldn't want, and like this isn't a slight at Patrick Ricard, I just don't feel comfortable giving Patrick Ricard all of our uh, fullback dive carries. You don't trust a two hundred sixty pound fullback to just plow it into the end Not zone. one that used to play D tackle. I, I don't know. <laughs> Patrick Ricard, Patrick Ricard just be, first off, Patrick, there's no way Patrick Ricard is 260. I Hold on. I am looking bills. at it right now because just because you're questioning me, you're going to be. I thought he was like closer to three bills. Oh. <laughs> well, he might be at 260 now, so he's probably I, I trimmed down. 280. Oh, no. Never mind. What is it? Two what? 280? I'm looking. I'm trying to find it. it doesn't. I, mean, have I it bet on. he came. I bet he came in like close to 300 and has trimmed himself down to 260 to I, be I'm able sure, to move. Like, I, I guess my thing is just the whole like. I don't. I don't want a blocking like fullback out of the guy. I want like a versatile fullback, like a dude who has like some sort of ball. Oh shit! 
Six three, three hundred and eleven pounds. Okay, I'm, I told I'm, you he was a big motherfucker. All right, well, <laughs> we'll end the chat there. Okay, we'll move on to wide receiver. So wait, did we agree with free agent? Just turn to a free agent there. Yeah, I I think fullback is just kind of whoever fits the scheme best. I just okay. don't draft one. We can't be wasting draft picks on. All right, wide receiver now. So we have Byron Pringle, who is twenty eight, and Demarcus. Ro- I want to point Demarcus Robinson is twenty seven. I want to point out the Chiefs do not have a receiver past the 2023 season. Interesting. Um, I think whoever it is, it's just a one-year deal, right? Maybe two? Yeah, these are both just depth guys. But I think the bigger issue here is that these guys, like I don't see a significant difference, and people are there's going to be people that hate me for this. I don't see a significant difference in like production and play quality from Byron Pringle to McCole Hardman. The problem oh. is McCole Hardman's our wide receiver too. So regardless of what we do here, we got to add somebody in the draft that can take some pressure off of uh, Tyreek and uh, Travis Kelsey. The sad part is if Byron Pringle was like 24 to even 26, I would be more than glad to re-sign him and pay him to be our number two. And just the number, the age just scares me. He's just got to be that, like, third wide receiver that you do some jet sweeps to, you do some scheme stuff to, and he runs deep sometimes. But you need a, a second guy. I mean, the Sammy Watkins role, right? I, like, I would argue that DeMarcus Robinson, Byron Pringle basically just play the same role. Kind mm-hmm. of. Yeah, and they're just interchangeable. But Byron Pringle's Pringle like, had more snaps. Well, Brian Pringle's like an elite run blocking like he wide is. receiver. Right. And, and so like, is DeMar- don't, don't, don't discredit wide. that. Don't discredit that from Demarcus Robinson. He is also a very good run blocker. No, but as well. Byron Pringle's like one of the best, if not the best. Yes. I think PFF yeah. even had that as a as a stat or a grade, right. and he was one of the top. Yep. So I, I think for me, right, like he, it, it's the paradox. I think we should bring one back, at least on a one-year deal, for continuity's I, sake. I hope it's Byron Pringle. Well, I want it to be Byron, but Byron probably has the best. So, so it's two. This is twofold. Byron A probably is the better market, right? Yes. Yeah. Because I think he's a better player. And two, Byron Pringle has made like no money in his yes. career. Like literally so, zero money. So a one-year four four million dollar deal is like getting paid to him. Yeah, but like, what if some team offers you like a three-year deal worth like twelve million? Like, I don't, I don't think a team is gonna give. Ian Thomas just got paid. You can't say that. That's facts. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I'll I'll end that there. Okay, so we agree that they should sign one of these guys. Are we turning to the draft or signing some free agency? Um. I'm re-signing Byron Pringle, and I'm drafting a wide receiver in the third or fourth round. Since it's a deep class, and it doesn't have to be uh, Cornell Powell. Like, does he or did we cut him? Or I don't know. No, he's he's practice. He's on the practice squad, so we have rights to him for next year. Yeah, we cut him before the season started. That's right. That's right. And we still have uh, Gordon on for the roster next year. (laughs) Yeah, we do have Josh Gordon. Um, I I think. What's likely gonna happen is we resign to Marcus Robinson to a one year deal. Byron goes and gets like a two year deal somewhere else for more money. I mean, yeah. okay, a two year deal for Byron is okay with me. And I think, okay, in my honest opinion, I think this is gonna be the season where the Chiefs are gonna take, they're gonna turn to the draft, but it's not gonna be in the first three rounds. It might be in the third, but it'll probably be a third round or later pick for them. 
And I think a free agent, like you have Allen Robinson and Chris Godwin, I feel like are the one, they're going to turn to free agency this year. And I think their uh, receiver is going to get paid and is going to be on the Chiefs. And even Juju Smith-Schuster. I, I have a, um, I had a thought the other day, and this is going to be kind of related to the Chiefs receivers, but like, regardless of who you put around uh, Tyreek and Travis Kelsey, the ball just goes to them, right? Like, that's the way the offense is set up. Yes. Um, so, like, I understand not wanting to put a wide receiver two there and all that stuff, just because whoever you put there, I'm, I'm convinced you could put Jesus Christ as the receiver's wide receiver two, and Patrick Mahomes wouldn't throw to him still. Um, but <laughs> so, I guess with that, are we kind of concerned given like how raw Patrick Mahomes was? And we always joke about this offense being like, um, really schemed up and Patrick Mahomes doesn't make a lot of passes where the guy isn't like wide folding chair open or like he'd know he can see a guy open and throw the ball to him. Are we kind of concerned that like maybe Patrick Mahomes being helped out by those two guys and like they're aging and we got to start finding some guys to replace them. When do we need to start like actually consciously thinking about that? When they retire. I mean, sure, but we've been really lucky with injuries. Tyreek Hill's still separating. He's still fast. Any injury at that point, just you don't know how he's going to recover from that. We already have Travis Kelsey not playing a full allotment of snaps. And I just, like, the the offense is set up to only throw to two guys. Is that because Patrick Mahomes can make two reads and that's it? Or I guess that was a thought I had the other day, just because it's always been the case. I don't know what you guys thought about that. Man, that's a, that's kind of a deep question. It is. Yeah, I, and I feel like that's a question that the Chiefs fans don't, and especially myself and well, probably no, like us. We, we disparage Lamar because uh, he got made fun of for coming out and saying NFL teams knew, knew our reads and all this stuff. Well, like, I mean, Andy Reid is just one of the most creative and best offensive creators in the NFL. And if you want to tell me that he's just been a step ahead of defenses forever – and Patrick Mahomes comes out every play and says, if the defense comes out like this and Tyreek is covered, you throw to Travis Kelsey, and it's really that simple. That would not surprise me at all. At all, like one bit. And that does scare me, considering we're going to have to replace those guys soon and how much we have invested in uh, Patrick. That's that's a loaded question, but it's, it's a thought experiment. So Okay, so can a we box. chalk this position group up as to – we just do all three. Uh, Resign the tight end, well, oh, the wide receiver. Just do we go ahead and resign somebody from this? These two players. We'll draft somebody and we'll give some big money to a uh, free agent receiver. We don't even have to give big money, but yeah, I think we need to bring somebody in, even if it's like you know, DJ Chark doesn't have a market coming off the ACL. Like I'm perfectly fine bringing hey, him in. That was a, that was a Sam take last week, wasn't it? I, I think so, but yeah, no, just like, it makes sense. Thing. I love that idea. Yeah, that's, yeah. Mainly because it was my idea. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that allows us to move on to tight end here. So what are we doing with Blake Bell leaving? Let I know we have either. Noah Gray. So um, there, there's two schools of thought here. Uh, you can either let him leave because Blake Bell doesn't provide anything of supreme value to Kansas City. Or you resign him because he's the most valuable player on our team because he can take the quarterback sneaks. That that is that is very true. How did 
okay, this is off on a tangent. I don't think we should be signing Blake Bell for the record. How did we allow Patrick Mahomes, like, freakish knee injury to cripple us from ever taking a quarterback sneak ever again? I have always said, okay, as a as a human, okay, we're just going to go with that. As a human, uh, I always thought the quarterback snap was just the worst play. Just, I get it. It's the easiest play to get a yard, but also that is your, you are risking a lot of money at the bottom of a pile. But, so. like, when w- you've seen that one time, Beans, and in the history of football. What happened what if, is- what happens if that happens in the Super Bowl? What are you going to do? Uh, okay. Dude, who the fuck cares if it happened in the Super Bowl? It's the Super Bowl. Who cares what happened? Like, you're trying to I, I think Sam's point, or Bean's point here, Sam, is like, it's the same outcome whether you put Blake Bell there or Patrick Mahomes, so why does it matter? Yeah, it's, it's, no, like, at yeah. this point, it, at I this trust point Blake... like, if, you're, if you put Pat under center, like an I-form at the one, does anyone actually think he's going to, like, keep the ball in a sneak? No, like, no, that's fair. Like, are but... we long conning this for? Are, are we gonna long con this for like three years until we like absolutely need it? We could have done it in the AFC title game, probably. Heck, you probably could. Here's my counter argument to you, Beach. Tom Brady has done quarterback sneaks for twenty two goddamn seasons, and he got hurt one time off of a normal drop back pass. I understand that Tom Brady, like, you know never really got injured and maybe he's just more durable in TV 12 and all that bullshit. But I've never seen anyone get hurt on a quarterback sneak except for one time. And I would rather minimize that one time. I would rather leave that injury probability as little as possible. So if somebody like Blake Bell is going to go behind center and take a snap and just fall forward for a yard, hell, he could even hand the ball off. It's the same. You Anybody can hand I, the ball I off. I completely understand that, Beans, but, like, you know what's happened there, right? It's, well, with somebody Blake like Blake Bell, who is a college – if somebody like Blake Bell is a college quarterback, yeah, yeah, you yeah, as a I defense – I, I know Blake Bell is a, was a college quarterback. Like, I understand, like, the entire aspect of why we do it. But, like, to me, like, it's so easy to have Blake – like, when Blake Bell motions over like that, it's like, oh, yeah, that's a quarterback sneak. And then he gets under center, and you have, like, a split second to react to it. But, like, I, I don't know, Beans. Like – Okay, so sure, okay, all right, all right. We'll, we'll argue about this later. So, are we gonna re-sign Blake Bell draft no, in the, or are we gonna, gonna free agent? It, just grab. It's a good tight end class. Just grab a blocker and move on. Okay. Yeah. All right. I mean, that's his purpose in life. I again, I'm telling you right now, if the Chiefs got to like fourth and one, or something like that from the goal line, they would run quarterback sneak because they've been long continent for like three years. All right, I, so we're gonna move on to offensive line. Um. So we have Orlando Brown, who is tur- who is turned twenty five. I think there is reports that he's going to be franchise tag. So I think we can probably that, just that count that up like as a the wash. Obvious thing, yeah. At this point, yeah. I, think, I mean, you can't trade a first round pick for too, one season. Right? What's that, Sam? There was something about that today too. Yeah, I, I think it came out today. Like they're going to probably more than likely for sure. You know, like I, I would say it's like a ninety six percent chance that he's just going to get tagged. Um, then you have Austin Blythe, the backup center, who's turning 29. Kyle Long, 33. Mike Remmers, who is 32. And Andrew Wiley, all right? And who 
I will say Andrew Wiley was the most undervalued offensive lineman last season. He stepped in on the biggest roles and he stopped TJ Watt when, when the chiefs played them and did a very solid job. And so I feel like he was very uh, underappreciated for the work he did, who usually plays guard and to step in, in that right tackle position. I'm going to make this really easy because I don't know a whole lot about some of these guys. Orlando Brown's getting franchise tagged because we traded too much for him and need to keep him here. Um, you can bring back Kyle Long if he wants a cheap deal because he's coming off an injury and he's played well in the past. But other than that, it's a deep offensive line class. If one of these guys wants to, like, if you're confident in one of these guys, give him a decent contract to keep him in the building. Otherwise, like, we have the offensive line depth and we can replace whatever in the draft. Um, since we have a good offensive line already, I think we can pretty much maintain with just a couple moves here. Yeah, I think for the most part, it's whoever wants to stay for cheap and for one year, for me yep. at least. Um, I mean, you can – the thing is, is you can kind of spend on your offensive line a little bit with – I mean, Joe Thune we're spending, and we're going to spend money on Orlando Brown. And you can do that because you have two guys on rookie contracts that are really good. One, you know, being borderline Pro Bowl level. But I I just I, – I know that the offensive line is a – if one guy fails, all the guys fails. But, like, I – with, you know, the money crunch and everything. You also uh, only have to be average. Yeah, and, I mean, I feel like you can draft, like, two off. I still feel like we should draft like one or two offensive linemen in this draft because what happens if there's an injury, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think and we I mean, draft it. I mean, this is a very young offensive line if you go from tackle to tackle. And, and you still have uh, – what's his nuts? I can't remember his name. Lucas Niang. Lucas Niang, who's – Like, he's still there. Yeah, and it's sad to see that how his injury turned out. But like I mentioned before, tackle to tackle, they are very young. And the backups were all older – but was still, I would consider, a starting offensive line in the NFL. The backups were starting level material, and we, I feel like we just lost that. And I feel like signing a free agent might help, but you're spending a lot of money. So I, I agree with you guys. Yeah, just, I think it's just you need you need that depth. Like, yeah, offensive so, line, like both trenches are places where you need the depth. Yeah, like you yep. can't have too many good offensive linemen. It's just not yeah. possible. So we agree, draft here. Yeah, I would. Okay. Yeah. After you franchise tag Orlando Brown, if any of them want to stay for cheap, resign them. But otherwise, I think it's kind of a draft and kind of see what you can get it out is, of the market. I would be sad to see Andrew Wiley go, but he's going to go. I think he's going to get paid this year for he's how well get he more played. Money than we can pay him. Yeah, he gets a big contract. Chiefs can get a compensatory pick and replace him with some fifth round guard. Exactly. Exactly. Good. Uh, good for him. Yes, that's a good point, Gavin. Um, all right, so D-line. We have free agent Derek Nottie, and who is 25, and Jerron Reed, who is 29. Are we looking to re-sign either of these players, both of these players, or are we going to look to the draft, or are we going to turn to a free agent? I feel like Reed is probably going to leave, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah I'm kinda, letting him go. He kind of came because his market was kind of depressed, and uh, he was kind of just chasing a ring, but now like, I'm sure his market's better. Or he's at least going to go around. He's going to take another run at getting a better contract. I mean, surely. Yeah. Man, I don't really know how I feel about this free agent class or free agent group. 
<sighs> Again, this is another spot that's really strong in the in the class. And it's also a position that's just like not crazy valuable to begin with. And you have Chris Jones. So yeah, I'm fine with if Ndati wants to, you know, take a, again, take a pay cut or take a small contract, then sure. Otherwise give me like a defensive tackle late. That's just a big run stopper. And we'll let Chris Jones rush the tackle. I mean, I, I, I think I the quarterback. Good beans. I think bringing back Derek Naughty, he was a very, he's a, when his first couple years, the dude took up a lot of blocks. He's a big guy. And uh, I think that's what helped Chris Jones out. The set, the, the hardest part for me to resign him is he doesn't stay on the field for all three downs. And I'd like to see him have more versatility, but uh, he's probably the better one to resign. And then, looking into the draft for just as that. Cause you still have Tershawn Wharton, who is a very solid defensive tackle as well. Well, he yeah. plays defensive end. He plays defensive end as well, but you see him play, you see him move down into that D tackle role as well. There, there's a lot of value for having a guy who's just like a block eater. Like, I mean, that's something that just casual NFL fans don't necessarily understand. Is, yes. I mean, if you're, if you're a quote unquote, like, average player but you take up two blocks like every time then i mean that's you're, huge you're good that's huge yes you you create a numbers advantage for your team and i mean Nadi is a guy who likes to eat up blocks the problem is is like how much are you willing to pay a guy whose just job is to eat blocks you know what for I mean? and only for two downs too because it seems like he's only in there for two and then just gets rotated out yeah i mean it He's valuable, but like it's hard. It's hard to justify paying real money for that kind of value. If that yeah, matters. right. That that gets back to the positional value thing because even if you draft a defensive tackle, like it's just a very physically taxing position, and most people mm-hmm. only have the ability to rush or stop the run or rush the passer. So, I mean, I you're really just trying to get whatever is cheapest here because. I, I really don't care as long as you can do something well next to Chris Jones and make his job a bit easier. Yeah, and, I'm not saying Mike Pinnell's grow on trees or anything, but, like, I mean, there's a <laughs> lot of just big dudes out there who can come in and eat some blocks for two downs. Yep. Yeah, uh, and it kind of rolled – and I, I'll have a statement bringing into this uh, defensive end position. We have Alex Okafor, who is 31, and Melvin Ingram, who's 32, who's hitting the free agent market. One thing I noticed in the Steve Spagnola era is he likes to generate pressure, and I feel like with that, he's going to want to spend money at the defensive line and defensive end so that way they can rush the quarterback, get to him faster, and make them feel pressured. And that causes kind of a trickle effect to not paying corners and safeties very high, very well, right. and we'll kind, of, we'll kind of trickle down to that later. But anyways, back to the defensive end. Uh, what do you guys think? Resign one of them players, draft, or turn to the free agent market? I, I think that this ties in. I, I could almost tie this in with linebacker because, uh, like we talked about in our mock draft with, um, I think it was the Oklahoma linebacker, camera, uh, Asamoa. Yeah. Getting, no, no, no. Getting, Fuck you guys for that one. That's all I got to say. That, oh, my gosh. Um, but okay. So you're getting a. Bean just pissed, folks. <laughs> getting a linebacker that can rush the passer, play, or just, you know, play regular coverage linebacker, gap gap plugging linebacker. Wh- regardless of what you do with these spots, 
linebacker and defensive end is like the two of the best things in this draft class. So like whatever we don't get, I'm fine using our second round pick on and knowing that we could probably get a good player there. Cause yeah. we love taking second round linebackers. I, I, I just question how much juice, like, I mean, Alex Ogafor is just kind of whatever. Like he's just been on the team and we paid him and it's probably like his time to leave. I, I feel a great disturbance of what to do with Melvin Ingram. Because, like, I've liked Melvin Ingram for a long time. I liked him at South Carolina. I liked him on the Chargers. That was really good. I still think he's good. But he's 32, and he's been injury-prone in his career. And I just wonder how much juice he used up in this one half of one season. And it scares me to draft him. Yeah, not draft him, but resign, resign him, him for anything of value. And I'm afraid the Chiefs are going to do something stupid and give him like a two year, like I don't know, not twenty, but like fifteen million dollar contract or something. Yeah, something I have that like. same feeling. And it's like, yeah, I liked Melvin Ingram, but I feel like there's plenty, not plenty of Melvin Ingrams, but plenty of semi washed pass rushers. That are gonna be like bought out like after the trade deadline or available at the trade deadline for damn near dirt cheap. So like I just feel like that's a better way to add to your pass rush if you're the Chiefs. I mean, obviously drafting someone and then bringing in a veteran presence like via free agency and then via like in the middle of the season off of the buyout market, not the buyout market, but the waiver market. This this position is also kind of. Uh... And kind of a disturbance, too, because you have Frank Clark as well. So you really have three players leaving your defensive end position. And I mean, you have, okay, Malik Herring, Malik Herring was on there, was uh, torn, tore his ACL in the Shrine Bowl last year. Was it the, or no, it was the Senior Bowl last year and spent this season on the injured reserve list. And so he still is available. I think he is a very undervalued defensive lineman that I think has a chance to put, be a good role player with like Joshua Kando and uh oh who's the who's the other defensive end? You think of Mike Dana? Yeah, and Mike Dana. I I feel like I actually ask you what you thought of Mike Dana. I, I he's a good he's a power. He's just oh, I have he's weird like, feelings about He's a big him. athlete. He's just a big like. guy. Yes, and I have weird feelings about Mike Dana, but Malik Herring, I think, has a very strong possibility of making a very big impact this season if he gets his opportunity. So uh, Let, let's not pretend like we are just getting incredible production from our defensive ends to begin with. Like, and I and I want so I want to make that I want to make that splash free agency signing. Yeah, you know? I'm fine with that. If we, I'm fine with sacrificing a little depth here to get somebody that can be a star next to Chris Jones because. For the past couple of years, we've just been reliant on Chris Jones to be the consistent pressure for who, who with our defense. Be? And even if he has to play just a certain amount of snaps, I don't. Uh, so even if the dude we bring in can only play a certain percent of snaps, I don't care because it's going to be an upgrade. Who who would that be? Like who's a guy? Who I mean, if we used our late that. first round pick on, or if we used our first two round pick on an edge this is a good enough edge class i'm confident that we would upgrade um i don't know about a free agent oh for for, you mean free agency you have solomon thomas you have Derek barnett emmanuel ogba i'd be more than happy to bring emmanuel ogba back 
Um, Jadavion Clowney. Uh, I hope he. That Jadavion Clowney is just Frank Clark again. Yes. Yes. Super nice, like edge guy when it comes to like run stopping. Not like uber great pressure guy. You know who I just thought of? Hassan Reddick. Bring him in and put him in that edge role. He has a very solid career and has very has very good production these past few seasons. And not a lot of people are talking about how many times he got in the backfield and got a, a ton of sacks. And so I, he'd be the one I'd bring in. Yeah, this, in my opinion, this is just like where you're picking in the draft and the strengths of the draft. It lines up well, so I'm okay not dumping massive money because I feel edge is a like really really expensive position as well. So yeah. if we could not put ourselves into another Frank Clark situation and just I'd, I'd be okay. I would be okay with spending money on one defensive end and then maybe you know rotating in with the other side or you know seeing what there is in the draft mark in the in the draft. Uh, my my answer would be not to resign either of these guys. No. Cut, Cut Frank yeah. and then draft one and splash sign a free agent. Yep. But I, I agree with that completely. I, I think you need to get someone who's kind of solid, like a Sam Reddick, or like someone who's going to be like a mid tier deal guy that like has some, like he's pretty much just an edge rusher, right? Takiris McKinley. He stinks. He he does stink, but remember he was. I think he was a first round pick. He was he was a first round pick, but it doesn't matter. He stunk. Like Kevin yeah. White's not good. But he was a yep. first-round pick. He was a top-ten pick. John Ross is also a top-ten pick, and he stinks. Um, but I, I think I think getting a vet and like a cheap vet in that role is also kind of important. Just yeah, I, I like I like having vets on a team that's competing because you can kind of turn the clock back on some of them. So yep. that, we could roll into the linebackers here. So we have Ben Neiman and Dorian O'Daniel hitting the free agent market, leaving Willie Gay. And Nick Bolton, we also let go of Anthony Hitchens. So those are kind of our two linebackers that are coming back. I can't believe that Ben Neiman's going to finally be out of here. Thank no. God. Okay. You're going to hate me for saying this, but he's going to get, he's going to come back. Probably. Dorian O'Daniel is probably also going to come back. No, I think his, in, I think his injury history, I know Dave Tobe has way too much say in what happens, but I think Ben Neiman is that special teams guy. So I think they're going to just bring back Ben Neiman. And I want to point this out. A lot of people, including me, do not have a very strong love thingy for Ben Neiman. I'm not a fan of him. But I will say he is always healthy. And that is that, something. That is. Availability is the best ability. Yes. We, we, and can so, probably, we can all agree that one of these two dudes is getting resigned, though, right? It's Ben Neiman. I, there's no way it's not Ben Neiman. It, it's one of the two. And so, okay, so we're going to say no matter what, just because of how the Chiefs are, it's one of these guys that are going to get re-signed. Are we going to turn to the draft or the free agent market? Surely yes. just a surely just a uh, cheap vet, wouldn't you think? And maybe a well, late-round backer? I think you get a cheap vet just to try and get exactly what you were talking about earlier, Sam, where you try and get a good year out of somebody that's aging. And then you just, again, your mm-hmm. third or fourth round pick, just grab a linebacker and – Hope that he's good. I, or yeah, I need someone to coach up Hitchens and Gay. I mean, for better or for worse, and no matter what you thought about, and I said Hitchens, I meant Bolton and Gay. Whatever you think about Anthony Hitchens, like he was like the play caller and everything. Yeah. So, like, 
we, we there is going to be a transition period for whoever ends up doing that. And I think it's important to have a veteran presence on that team that so that way that player can get helped along. I'm yep. trying to look at this. I'm trying to look at the linebackers here, and I, oh, it's, it's not a great linebacker free agent class, it, and, it, except for the top. But well, yeah, but like we're not going to be. I don't want. We're the not going to. We're not going to spend money. I do think the Chiefs, because of letting go of Anthony Hitchens, I do think we're going to spend another. I think we're going to spend another top 100 pick on a linebacker. I, I think I we feel should. It, I feel like it's going to happen, and I know a lot of people are going to say, "Well, we don't run in." a three linebacker set all that often, but I feel like that's just, yes. I feel like they need that rotate. They like to keep five linebackers on, on roster at all times. And right now with only what, two or three, you're going to have to get something. Yeah. No, you just got to bring in bodies. Let me pause it. This fellas. I think Willie Gay can play edge like at all. He's, he's definitely athletic enough. He's no. athletic enough. I mean, he'd have to learn, but you have an off season, and we did His, try to move Chris Jones to edge. So I like, mean, so like when I mean edge, I'm talking like specifically third downs, right? I understand that Willie Gay is really athletic, and like he should be like a really good like pass coverage linebacker, and he is pretty decent at it. I'm just saying, like, if you draft another linebacker with the top 100 pick, that can like kind of run and cover Mm -hmm. then like is willie gay just so athletic that you try and move him to like stand up d end like on third downs if you if you tell me that we draft a top 100 player and it's only one down every possession then yes i would be okay with that but his his athletic ability is best suited at linebacker no, I completely understand that. I'm just saying, like, do you think that there's a chance we watched Micah Parsons this entire season and thought, what if we had uh, Dollar Tree Micah Parsons? You know, let what I mean? me. Well, now that you put it, side. okay, go, go ahead, ahead, Gavin. Go, uh, go ahead. Okay. Um. Again, I I don't want to keep hammering our mock draft here, but wouldn't it be kind of a cool idea to have two guys that could both play edge and both play linebacker. If you brought in a linebacker like that and you could just rotate the two or play whoever's strongest at edge at edge. Yeah. Just so that's a versatile rotation there. So that's that dollar tree, Micah Parsons mindset. Yeah. But we just get two of us. Okay. Well, cool. I'm on, I'm on board be, with that. That would be $2 Micah Parsons. Yeah. 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 Okay. So how many dollars do you think Micah Parsons is worth? Uh, how many dollars? More than two. So you think he's like a, so you think he's like a five dollar Micah Parsons then? Probably like Micah Parsons probably worth twenty bucks. I would say. Well, we can't fit twenty players on the field. I'm trying to put this into like a if we can get two. Yeah, but I mean, like if you had eleven Willie Gays, I would still rather just have one Micah Parsons. Okay, so you're saying eleven Willie Gays would be really hard to block. It yeah, it would be pretty hard. (laughs) But speaking of uh, Dollar Tree players, (laughs) oh, I thought you were going to talk about our secondary. I thought uh, you were going to yes. say, speaking of hard. <laughs> no. well, that, All that right. That was the joke, Beans. Oh, okay. All right. Well, so, cornerback. This oh. is... Um, draft. Just draft. For the love of God, we need... Just Char- you know what? You're, no. You're not going to bring back Charvarius Ward. Screw it. Just sign the cheapest vets. Let's, yeah, let's just... Let's just bring this back all the way to, like, 18, right? Like, let's have... 
Let's let's bring back Orlando Scandrick and have him just stink up the joint. Stop. Stop it right now. Um, that is blasphemy. You know, that is no. Stop it right now. I don't I think it say. matters. They all suck. No matter who we bring in. I will Are say, very- okay, 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 okay. Worst corners I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Number two, Orlando Scandrick, 2018. Yes. Number one, pink hair, Chardavius Ward. Is the worst corner I've ever seen in my life. Man, um, I... when he had when he had pink hair in that Seahawks game, I've literally never seen anyone worse. Oh, um, three. Sorry to skip around. Three. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Stephen Nelson. Oh, dude, yeah. I have a I have a brain aneurysm every time. Those, those three dudes, less so Charvavius, Mister Ward. We'll call him Ward. Less so Mister Ward. Only when he has pink hair. But I I will never forgive us for putting out that secondary. <laughs> Like Pat needed to throw for five thousand yards and fifty TDs to even keep up with that defense. Okay, so Vets, we're Jake we're gonna Vets what a draft. What if we turn? Okay, we're gonna have nearly fifty million dollars in cap space. JC Jackson is on the market. He is not going to be on the market. I can tell you that right now. You yeah, you think he? I he I don't know. There was that. report. There was reports that came out the other day that he's not coming back to New England. I don't believe it. We could just get the corpse of Stefan Gilmore. Yeah. What I'm Ooh. worried about is like that Bengals game where a team has a dude that is just so much better than any of our dog shit corners that we just can't do anything about it. And but we, no matter who like we put on them or what we do, we, we can't do anything. Though. What? I don't feel like that was the reason we lost, though. I feel like we did a good job against Jamar Chase. It, it wasn't, but the point of having a corner like that is it increases your margin for error. I, I like, suppose you're right. Because, like, the reason we lost was because we just had a really slim margin for error, and the Bengals just worked the clock down the stretch right. But the reason they were in that game is because they could do whatever the fuck they wanted on offense in the second half because nobody on our defense was capable – of guarding Jamar Chase one on one, and at some point you're gonna have to spend your money. And if we've, we this can't. This is one of the most important positions in today's NFL, and we just yes. completely ignore it. Yes, and and I know Steve Spagnola, like I mentioned before, likes to generate pressure so that way he doesn't have to have as good of corners. And so, if you don't want to want as good of corners, just resign Charverius. I think Charverius Ward might be too expensive for us now. Yeah. Actually, let me look at his market value. I think I think you just need to buy I mean for us anyone who can run below a four or five and has a pulse should be four, in the room interviewing for our corner job at this point. Four years, nine point nine million a year. No. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I, I think this is a perfect bets. this is a perfect example of going after guys who are like in their thirties. Who have who are decent players and will take one year deals. Okay, so I just saw this. Good. I just saw this and I think I want to speak this into existence because I just can see Brett Veach being petty enough to do this shit. Eli Apple. No. No. I can just see no. him being. Pe- I can see him being petty enough to say no. no I can no see way. him being petty enough to say you're you're on our team now. Oh, we also oh. have Damon Arnett. He's also on. Uh... No, Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, no. So, <laughs> can we agree that, like, at the very least, the first like three, four, five picks for the Chiefs, unless there's like an incredible value at like an offensive lineman or receiver or something, 
probably just need to go to adding talent to this defense because there's a lot of holes across the secondary and linebacker, and you need an edge rusher. And and we still have Legereus Need, but I feel like having oh, one what a godsend. Could you imagine if we never drafted Legereus Need? Oh, and, yeah. and this, dude, the secondary would be so bad. It'd be and Legereus Need didn't have the production he did last year, but that's because nobody threw to him. Yeah, yeah, they just threw with the other I'm guys that were dog shit. need to be, like, all-world corner. I'm asking him, for him to, like, not be awful. And that is where my point of he might play safety. Don't discount that. He we, played we safety in college. We we can't have our best corner play safety when we have no other corners. Yeah, that I agree with Sam 100% there. But I, why not put him in a position where he can cover more field than just at corner? Because then we're going to have three dog shit corners instead of two dog shit corners. <laughs> but we don't have a – well uh, – Beans, I, I don't care if a free safety is standing 30 yards downfield telling the quarterback don't throw deep because Jamar Chase is wide fucking gonna, open yeah, on that wide open on that slant route. He's going to outrun him to the angle. All yeah. Right, well, if it happens, I, I will take It's just positional pack. value thing. Like – because we're about to talk about safety here, too, and I'm again, out of here. He's I gone. don't think – okay, yeah, can we watch that none of these safeties are coming, coming back? You have Tyron Matthew, Daniel Sorensen, and Armani Watts, and I don't think any of those three are coming back. Those, nope. And it's funny to see how the Tyron Matthew trend was. Beginning of the year was like, yeah, we're re-signing him. There's no way in hell we're not going to re-sign him. Middle of the season was like, well, maybe it's a potential. And then now we're at the end of the season, and it's been a, like – since how many how many months since the end of the season? And it's just like, yeah, we're not we're not going to bring this guy back. It's been a slow transition to weaning him away from our our defense. Yep. Nope. I I um you know, here's my thing, right? Um, I got called an idiot in several group chats, not this one, <laughs> but I told everyone that just from a money perspective, what was going to happen was we we're going to cut Frank Clark. And we were going to use Frank Clark for Orlando Brown, like his franchise tag and or extension, all that stuff. And then we were going to like let Tyron walk so that way we could spread it around because we need more talent in other areas, right? Like we, we, we need – having an elite safety doesn't help when we have so many other holes everywhere else. It's better to just fill those holes with C players – that have D players and one A player, right? Yes. So I've been, so I have been saying that he's not going to be back. And I was pretty sure, I I was pretty sure he wasn't going to be back when him and Anthony Hitchens got all mad at that one dude, you know, saying like, oh, Chiefs fans aren't like grateful, blah, blah, blah. Which by the way, soapbox. I'm sorry. Like you can win a ring for a team and everything, and I'm very grateful for the ring that, you know, Tyron Matthew and Anthony Hitchens and Pat Mahomes and all the guys won us, right? Like, I'm super, super grateful for that. A, a whole team wins that ring. That does yep. not preclude you from being criticized for playing, like, dog shit for the first six weeks of the year. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. Like I'm going to argue that you winning a ring with a team and then saying that you were such a big part of that team effort that you need to get paid more is kind of an asshole move. But um, I, don't, I don't blame Tyron for winning. I don't blame him, but I, 
Just and like, I, I love the energy and the attitude that he brings. It's just, to me, it feels like... It just feels like the times were too good, right? And, like, Tyron was, like, super okay with times being good and times not being tough or whatever. And then the moment that, like, the fan base decided, like, hey, you know, like, we should be better. Like, what the fuck is this? Like, whatever. Then guys like Tyron and Anthony Hitchens were just like, oh, well, what the fuck? We've been really good for five years. And it's like, yeah, I don't give a shit. You should be you should be really good right now. You shouldn't be, like, two and four, three and four. Yeah, ironically, that time was when the offense started working and everybody started putting more thought into the fact that our defense has been really bad or below average for most of that time until they needed to start winning. Yeah, and I'm sorry, like, beginning of the season, Chiefs were just bad, like, across the board. Offense was bad, but, like, let's not pretend, like, Tyron Matthew and Anthony Hitchens. Like, let's not pretend that the defense didn't stink. I know that Daniel Sorensen, who, God bless it, he's going to be gone, I hope so, was a huge reason for that. And, like, I know there's a bunch of adjustments and everything. But, like, again, I hate getting on this soapbox. But, like, I just... I don't want... It's not like I don't want Tyron Matthew. It just feels like Tyron Matthew is outstayed his welcome at this point to where, like, we expect the team with – we expect the team with Patrick Mahomes to compete for a Super Bowl year in, year out. And I think Tyron Matthew is just, like, pissed that, like, we don't treat them like gods, basically. Yeah. Even okay. when they're playing bad. I okay, so I'm going to I'm gonna list some players here and list their market value, and you tell me yes or no that you would want him – this player and safety. Nope. This is just safeties. Okay. All right. So I'm going to start my at the bottom and work my way up on who I think would be, you know, better. Okay. So starting at the bottom, Jordan Whitehead, three years, 18 million. Is this per year or total? Uh, Maybe not three years, but 18 million. Eh. I'm not crazy about it, but whatever. Uh, Quandre Diggs, three years, 30 mil. Oh my God. Uh, okay, Quandre Diggs is actually really good. Quandre Diggs is good, but... That, it, again, it's really more of the third year. Like, if Quandre Diggs wanted to come here for one year for, like, 15... like He is older. Be, I think, what is he, like, 29? Yeah, like, if he wanted to come here for one year on, like, a $15 million deal, like, that's more appealing. Like, that's an overpay, but, like... You know what I mean? Like, his cap number is going to be lower than what Tyron's would be. Right. Okay, so we have Jesse Bates, but we can all put yeah, that up. Yeah, Marcus May, one year, six mil. Fuck yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds yeah, right. I'd love to do that. Okay. Here's my favorite one. This is the one I would want to do, and this is where I would say go to free agency. Marcus Williams, four years, 64.5 mil. That dude's still like 25, right? He's young. He is very young. Because he got, he got into the league when he was like 20. Yes. Oh, I don't love 64 million to a safety, but... But when you have four, I would even, you can see the Chiefs it's saying five years. Year. No, I, I get that. You can see the Chiefs saying five years, you know, with four years guaranteed, fifth year option, yeah, you know, we'll throw some incentives. If you a little discount on that, sure. I'd rather have Marcus May for Marcus, one year. I would rather have Marcus May for two years, 12, or two years, 14, to be quite Yeah, honest. but Marcus Williams has this window here, and it's 
it's this window now, and I'd rather hit his window rather than an exiting Marcus May window. You know what I mean? I'm pretty yeah, sure Mark. Let me check here. I I understand what you're saying, but like, I just feel like we're going like we gotta we're gonna have to pay Tyree Kill again, and we're gonna have to pay Travis Kelsey again, and like we need to make sure all of our contracts align, right? Yeah. So, like, if you just get Marcus May to fill in for two years at a lower cap hit, then, like, it makes it Yeah, easy. you're not bought into anything. Because um, have you ever heard the phrase, targets are earned beans? Yes. Okay. So, like, that applies to, like, wide receivers and shit, right? Good mm-hmm. wide receivers get targeted. They earn targets. The same thing can be said for the secondary, except targets are bad in the secondary. Yep. So if you're a bad player, you earn more targets in the secondary. We just need to make sure there's nobody back there that's a fucking F and is just like Dan Sorensen leaving dudes folding chair open during the Buffalo game. I don't yeah. really care outside of um, that who it is as long as they're just buck average. Yeah, I All mean right. like an average safety is just going to take away half of the field, right? So we're like, going to sit we're going to chalk this one up as draft and free agent, right? Yeah, yeah, no, this defense is going to need a lot of work. Okay. All right. So, so, all right, that's that's the re-sign, draft, and free agent segment. We covered a lot of ground with those. With yeah, the team. We've pretty much, a lot of stuff. Yeah, we didn't even talk about players that we would take from the draft. And, but we don't, we don't need to. They're us. there, trust me. Oh, yeah. But, um, so how about a Wheel of Misfortune? And then we'll, well close fellas, it up with the hot take of the week. Wait, wait a minute. Just wait one second. Hold your britches. Can you guys might... hear me? There oh, is let's a go. storm brewing. We have weather talk, everyone. Oh, boy. Hi, Angelica. By the way, for those that don't know, this is our National Weather Service in Brownsville, Texas, correspondent, Angelica Soria. No, give you us your today? position title, Angelica, for the people. I am a meteorologist. <laughs> oh, fuck. Okay, that's, that makes sense. That's, yeah, no, that's exactly what I am. Exactly what Sam said. And um, Yeah, she works for the, the National Weather Service. Yeah. She's the best of the best. Best of the best. Um, I work for the federal government, so, you know, I got all the secrets. <laughs> there we go. So, you know, the government does control the weather, right? Oh, yes. That's what I get paid to do, actually. Your tax dollars change, like, you know, allow me to change the weather. Well, I appreciate that my tax dollars here in uh, Independence, Kansas, are being <laughs> put to good use. It was a 70-degree day, so I we think... We know that it's not Hugh Jackson's it. tax dollars. Well, Helica, <laughs> I think, you know, for weather talk, for this first one, mm-hmm. um, I think it would be interesting to hear about the most interesting weather event that's going on in, you know, the U.S. or the world or wherever, so yeah. the floor is so- yours. Yeah, so I gathered some things, uh, like, when you told me about this 45 minutes ago, <laughs> I gathered some stuff to talk about because I looked at the United States map, and there's absolutely nothing exciting happening right now. We have a high-pressure system over the continental United States, um, so it's going to be pleasant spring-like weather for everybody, but I have some really cool climatological stats for the northeast Kansas area. Um I don't know if that's where most of your listeners are. I would assume that's where most of them are from, but... Um... I hope we just have any listeners, to be quite yeah. honest. <laughs> All six of them live there, so... All six of them. Um, so, um, yeah, because today is the first day of meteorological spring. 
Um, so that's a fun fact for today. But I have some stats from the National Mother Service in Topeka. So because it was a La Nina winter, um, that just kind of describes like the weather pattern that happened this winter. It was a very, which you guys probably know, it was a very wet and cold winter. Um, so the average temperature was 48.7 degrees Fahrenheit. And it got to zero degrees on January 2nd and February 4th. Um, precipitation um, was about 1.43 inches. Um, and then snowfall was 14.8 inches. So it was 0.9 inches above normal. So you guys got four and a half inches on February 17th. And that. Oh, no. Did we lose weather? Oh, oh there's that no. government internet coming into play. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'll I'll shoot her a uh, I'll shoot her a text real quick. Oh man, that's okay. We gotta uh figure out if it's gonna get cold again here in Kansas. So that was gonna be my question. Is my question was gonna be, was it gonna be nice and toasty for uh the tournament, or hopefully it's gonna be nice and cold so I can just stay inside. Yeah, we, we can leave her on for hot take of the week uh, and ask her if climate change is real, so. All right. Yeah, okay. no, that works for me. So um, I, I told her that she cut out and she can rejoin, so I think we should just um, continue on to uh, the show. Do we want to go to Wheel of Misfortune or hot take of the week? Um, While we're waiting on Angelica, let's go ahead and fix a random NFL team. All right, let's I like that idea. All right, give me one second here. You got the wheel beans? Did I lose it? Oh my god! So for this segment, for anyone who doesn't know, um, <laughs> well, mainly because we've never done it, we've put uh, thirty-one NFL teams, not including the Chiefs, onto a wheel, and we're going to randomly spin it. We have no idea what team to land on, and each of us are going to give two off-season moves, and we're going to completely fix that team. Maybe. Oh, okay, it's saved. Ooh, we about lost it. <laughs> that would have been bad, Beans. All right, All right, spin the wheel. Who's getting this one? Me. Woo. All right, spinning. It's Make still sure spinning. Edit in some, like, you know, Wheel of Fortune. Not Wheel of Fortune. Uh, Price is right. Yeah, Price is right. All right, we got the Colts. Ooh, okay. So, I don't give a shit <laughs> that uh, Carson Wentz is a bad leader because he's a better quarterback than we're going to get anywhere else. So, I don't think that Carson Wentz is great, but I think he's just fine. Um, I'm starting to work on a cheap extension for Carson Wentz because I believe, or I guess re- renegotiating would be, I'm not sure how that would work, but he's not, he can't take as much money if he's going to stay. Like a restructure, essentially? Yes. So outside of that, um, during the draft, I'm attacking that secondary we're very good at the linebacker with Darius Leonard, and you got another um, – they have another linebacker there. I'm not sure of his name, but um, I'm fine there. Um, and, again, I'm trying to upgrade that edge rushing spot. That defense is good. I'm just trying to make it elite because if you have a quarterback like Carson Wentz, it's what you're going to need. Um, offensive line is fine. And, again, I'm always trying to get depth at the offensive line through places like the draft. But the Colts have a shit ton of cap space. And again, they're a team that I'm expecting to try and compete just because of where Carson Wentz is and everything. But 
I do want to ask you guys, because this is a team that's been like scrambling to try and fix the problem that Andrew Luck created when he retired, right? Yeah. And they've been basically doing this patchwork and it's kind of worked, but um, you've always felt like they're fighting an uphill battle trying to replace Andrew Luck. I, from a competitive standpoint and from a business standpoint, I don't want to just cut my losses with Carson Wentz. I said I would try, I would retain him. I would try and run it back this year and just add more talent around him. You need to add a like, you need to add a wide receiver around him next to Michael Pittman. I think Michael Pittman's really good. You just need another one. Um, and then obviously you have Jonathan Taylor to run the running game through and everything. Are you guys okay as Colts fans? Put yourself in Colts fans' shoes. I'm asking you. We cut Carson Wentz and just say, like, we need to reset, get that contract off of us, and try it again at the quarterback position because what we're doing isn't working. Are you okay with that? I think you can, but just not not this year. I feel like this is just not the right year to do that. Okay, so basically, write it out with Wentz and do it next year. <laughs> yes, and and then reset next year. And you know, there is a reset period. There, they have the emergent, they have the eject button. They're about to push it, but not this year. I'd argue that Carson Wentz would be fine if you gave him one other receiver that's not named Michael Pittman. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm. Well, I don't think Michael Pittman's bad. It's just you're on a run first team, like. Carson Wentz threw for, like, what, 20-something touchdowns and a couple interceptions last year. It's just everybody shits on him because the moments that he is bad is really bad. And he was really bad in the Jaguars game when they needed him to pull him through and get to the playoffs. And, like, that sucks and everything. But you're also a team that just focuses on the running game. And when you focus on the running game, you're going to have a small margin for error. And when you have a small margin for error with a quarterback like Carson Wentz, that's just a recipe for disaster, in my opinion. So, yeah, I'm, I'm adding wide receivers, trying to get a little uh, philosophy change, I guess, would be the, the way I would put it. Give me two more weapons. We'll use Jonathan Taylor as a receiver more and just try and open up this passing attack and just try and be a more explosive offense because I, what we did last year didn't work. I saw this on Twitter. Uh Put Naheem Hines uh, at the slot. I'm fine with that. And then you you got to add another, like, Allen Robinson would be the same type of receiver as Michael Pittman, but regardless, he's an X. He's, it would work. Um, what I, I would feel like, like you need more of a slot. Yeah, no, Chris Godwin, if he wasn't coming off of the ACL, like, if you could tell me Chris Godwin was going to be healthy week one, I would – that would be a great fit for what they need. You can have – your big guy, your six four tall X receiver, and then you got your slot, and you can even rotate in Naheem Hines in the slot and pick Chris Godwin outside on the other side. So, I oh, I right. think that is a much better approach for the Colts. Oh, hey right. guys, I'm back. To say, what happened? Did you guys hear I, any of it? Government you, internet. You cut out after you said that we had a lot more snow than expected. Oh my gosh, I yeah, have I like know, I know. so much more to say. I don't know what happened. You know what? My phone went dark and I, you know, like, you know, the screen went dark. And I think that's what happened. It disconnected me. Well, it's it's disconnected me before. If you listen to any of the podcasts, you would know <laughs> about that. Um, we love to go zero dark 30 on the fellas. Well, you know, I, I'd like to, like I said, you know, let's welcome back our uh, national weather service correspondent, <laughs> Mrs. Malika. 
Yeah. And let's sorry. let's continue with these weather facts and Helica. Yeah. You got more weather well, talk. Beans. Yeah, that put was putting a lightning strike whenever we say weather talk. Yeah. Um <laughs> so I told you you guys got a lot of snow. Did you guys hear that there's like a high fire danger on Wednesday? No, there was a fire. There was a fire. Just like yeah, there not was too there far was. from here. Yeah, so you gotta be gotta be careful. You know, don't you know, watch where you put like your cigarettes. Don't be starting any fires. Like don't be doing that. <laughs> um, it's just low humidity and high winds that kind of spark <laughs> get spark that. Um, so you just gotta be careful. Um, but yeah, like for Northeast Kansas, there's not like a ton going on this week. Um, I forgot what else I said. But anyway, so that's like pretty much it. Um, oh, I said that. <laughs> So the offices in Northeast, like Topeka and then like Wichita and whatever, like they're part of central region. I'm a part of Southern region. Um, but you guys will have a mock tornado drill. You guys, I know you guys have all already been through them like before, but um, oh, yeah. ours is scheduled for March 9th. So y'all have to keep an eye out for years and, you know, like, what do you do during a tornado? Whatever. Um, because I think, so for us, we have severe weather awareness week coming up next week. Um, so I'm sure like Topeka has, you know, theirs coming up. Um, but so don't be surprised if you like randomly hear the sirens on like a day where it's like clear and funny. Like, oh, that's that's the statewide trainer drill. Um, but yeah, that's that. And then, oh, I also um, remembered that like, so, you know, you guys, we have severe weather in Kansas. Um, but for us down in deep South Texas, um since I live or since people don't know where Brownsville is at Brownsville is like 30 minutes west of South Padre Island um so we have like spring break I think actually happening this year like because of COVID it really didn't really happen so um Uh it's gonna be yeah so I think you know we're kind of prepping for that and we've been um you know doing like spring break awareness tips and how to stay safe and watch for riptides and because riptides kill a lot of people actually um Really? Not such a like fun how, fact, but it's a fact. How are those babies? Um, like, how many are we talking? Like, more um, or less than cows? I actually saw Corpus Christi tweet this, like, yesterday. Um, rip currents. Over or under a 250 and a half? Gavin, go. Um, I'm going to say over, because there's a lot of riptide around the world. Oh, that is true. Uh, are we just basing of people... off of Corpus Christi numbers or oh, this is... <laughs> yeah that's going to be point. worldwide oh, you got to respect yes. oh well then hell worldwide oh okay 1500 and a half I, I would go over 1500 and a half because I mean you got to think a lot of the people who are at the beach are uh, land folk like us we don't know how to swim we've never dealt with a riptide okay <laughs> so just for reference cows are responsible for 22 deaths in the U.S. every year but just in the U.S. Just and in, India loves cows, so you got to have a lot. Surely, more there's got to at least be more than twenty-two in India. I mean, there's right. just way more people and there's way more cows. I feel like. Yeah, you're asking yeah. for problems. So, is there more than twenty-two deaths oh. from Riptide in the United States? All I know is we just offended an entire billion people. That <laughs> like, we'll never ever listen to this podcast now. I I don't know. I'm trying to find it. I let me. Hey, Amber, do you know how many, like, people die from rip currents, oh, there's like, more a year? Meteor- more meteorology. You got, you got the whole like, gonna... weather service. Well, stuff. it's only, I mean, it's, folks. yeah, it's Amber and I are at, um. Hello, government. Tonight. Hi, <laughs> Amber. I'm, I'm going to say at least My two. internet's not working. Yeah, it's, a, it's more than that. My internet's just not 
cooperating. Oh, so you over have hundred deaths in the U.S. Right? Oh yeah, that was what oh, my so it is way more than cats. Ha, I, I I said the oh. under. So reptile is five <laughs> times more deadly than your average cow. Wow. Yeah, than your average cow. So watch for rib currents. Sh- swim parallel to the to the shore if you're in one. If you're you know if you're going to the beach for spring break. But um, yeah, so it's definitely like something we have to like alert people for because like like you said like you have a lot of like college kids and people coming from like the Midwest and we like to call them winter Texans um, that come down to SPI like those people from like Iowa and Kansas and Missouri and. A lot of people from Wisconsin and Minnesota come down and like they just don't know about them. So like they were super deadly. So, you know, we do our best to, you know, there's no riptides in Kansas. So I understand their ignorance. Yeah. So, you don't think like what Bunsy is riptides? Come on. No way. <laughs> I do have a question. I have an yeah. answer. So for cows, like death by cow, does that include like choking on a hamburger or steak or just like the like cow I, I think the cow has to be alive I, okay. and i wonder if this is almost counting like you know rodeos and stuff like think about you know like lane that frost and how well huh? we gotta think in terms of like square footage too because cows are all over the united states but there's only a certain <laughs> amount of spots that have riptides so that's true so, yeah. that makes even more more deadly. so there's yeah. a cow. so there is a cow per riptide square foot ratio i'll have to develop the equation um i'll get with the professors here at kansas state next year or for the next episode if, and i'll develop if you one. don't bring that up for next week's weather talk and be very disappointed <laughs> Last question before we let you go and Helen, because I know you're mm. very busy. Oh, um, let's super. say let's say we go to a soccer game in Kansas City this weekend. Is oh, it good for the weather? I heard y'all are going to the home opener, which I'm super sad I can't go to because I had a nice run of four or five years of going to the home opener. So I'm really, really sad I can't go. Um, yeah, sorry but. About that. <laughs> I know, I know. Just rub it in my face. I won't be there. Um, you guys, it's a Saturday or Sunday game? Saturday, isn't it? Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. Sunday I'm seeing a high of 75, low of 55, 40% chance of rain. Um, but that's for Topeka. I'm going to kind of look up Kansas uh, so City. So it's going to be 40 degrees in Kansas City at that time. It sounds like it really does sound like some good beer drinking weather. That's all. I mean, there's always. I mean, okay. I went to school in Wisconsin. There's not bad drinking weather, beer drinking weather. (laughs) That's fair. Commit some. (laughs) Commit some mass genocide to some bush lattes. Yeah, let me. Yeah, so Saturday, chance of rain and breezy, high of seventy three. So I think actually there might be a cold front on Saturday. Is maybe is what i'm seeing right now just doing like some light so bring a full for after the game yeah it you know what it might yeah i might drop um actually looking at that because our so our front comes in a little later than y'all's fronts up there just that's just how it works um but oh, so kansas fronts are faster that's oh what I'm hearing. Mm-hmm, much <laughs> Oh, yeah, looks like a friend's going to go through Saturday, Saturday night. So definitely, like, take a jacket, even if it doesn't feel cool. I don't know what time the game's out. What time's the game? Is it it's evening? a two, so. Oh, We should be out okay. at five, so we might just miss it. But I yeah, still think okay. the jacket smart. Yeah, I mean, you can always tie it around your waist, Sam Long style, so. Hey, got that dad flow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I actually, like, want, yeah, I am sad I won't get to be there. But, man, they better, they better show up. Saturday because that loss to Atlanta was kind of embarrassing. Yeah, that was yeah. bad. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, yeah, I guess not. my last uh. thing for you and Helica is, you know, we might have to come down and do a live spring break show potentially. I'm not making any promises, but we could do spring break show. You know, that'd be, that'd be so fun. I know I miss you guys. I haven't seen you and Caleb. I don't know you, but hello, it'd be nice to meet you. <laughs> 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 but, um, I'm sure you're great if you're friends with these uh folk, these gentlemen. Um, these I'm sure folk. you're a good time. Um, but yeah, no, I was I miss you guys a lot, and I like I do like miss home. It's just like driving is like 14 hours and it's absolutely terrible and I'm exhausted and when by the time I get there and then when I leave it's terrible and then flying is just so expensive but like I told Ethan I'm like I know you have money come on <laughs> I'm like come on now. Uh, yeah you might want to check with him because he has $60,000 less money to, as of today so oh I know he texted me and oh, no. I yeah <laughs> oh, we have to bring uh Archer in for finance talk yes <laughs> Oh my gosh, he would love that. Like, he would probably talk for like an hour about it. And you just would be half asleep and like, okay, is this over? We walked the segment to five to ten. I, I know, I told him, I was like, hey, you're going to have to listen because I'm going to be on the podcast tonight. He's like, how did that happen? And I was like, I don't, how did that happen? How did we come to Weather Talk? It was something from last. <laughs> so I don't listen to our own podcast because I talk in our own podcast. Like, why would right. I listen to it? Right. So like, yeah. I I might have to replay the tape to like find it out because we made a joke about it last week and then it happened uh-huh. because it got yeah. brought back up earlier in the episode. I think it was like with the news segments because we had news and so it was just like we were a regular news program except we were missing the weather <laughs> segment. Oh, that is right. Yeah. Oh, that is right. yes. Uh, no, I yeah, I'm all for. It. I actually wanted to like add in like you know March Madness is coming up, so I was like, ooh, I'm gonna like. Um, right now, I'm going to add in, like, my little sports, um, right now, it's my little weather topic. I am watching the Wisconsin and Purdue game right now, and I'm also watching... Give us a live update. Hopefully, I'm watching a KU loss right now as well, because TCU is just... Cameron, I'm ready. I'm ready for TCU upset right now. Okay, those guys called the the Storm Chasers? Oh, Barstool Storm Chasers. Yeah. I was so confused because I was like, wait, are they like real Storm Chasers? Because I was like, do I know, why do I not know about them? <laughs> but they're like the Barstool Sports. They're actually at the TCU game, and they've been like right on the past few upsets. So I'm like, well, they went to Arkansas, but they didn't get to go in. Oh, I saw they, that. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't let them in, that. but they were right about that one. Yeah. And you know what? TCU's up 63 to 56 with two minutes and 30 seconds left. Oh, shit. I kind of, yeah. I kind of thought that was gonna happen. I saw that. I, I had a feeling, an inkling that that was gonna happen. Man, I'm happy because if only K State, if I only, you. I mean, if K State was winning and we didn't really talk much round oh ball. Oh my gosh! If K State would have been winning, I don't know. Well, I tell you I, what. Ugh. I tell you what. I think we should move into hot take of the week, but I want you and Helica to stay on for right now because I need you to okay. keep us updated on that KUTCU game. Oh, yeah. Well, Wisconsin game is just at half, but I think they're up by, like, eight. Actually. Yeah, and we have a hot take question for you as well in Helicopter. Oh, so. okay. I'm oh, ready. yeah. We'll, we'll save that one for the end real quick. Okay. So, yep. let's go to hot take of the week. Um, Gavin, do you want to start? Oh, yeah. yeah. definitely have one. Yeah, I'm – so, I absolutely despise when I hear a team say, you know, quote – He's off my board. Like, I figured this thing out about this player. There's no way I'm touching him with a 10-foot pole. Which, like, 
if you're talking about some like fourth round guard that you figure out has like a history because he like shot some dude in high school, like okay, <laughs> like he's got a character issue, probably shouldn't take him in the fourth round. I hate when I'm listening to a podcast and some dude is talking about Kayvon Thibodeau and is like, he takes some plays off and I'm not really sure about his love for the game. With like a player like that, he's just off my board. And like if a NFL scout that I employ comes to me and tells me in like 100% seriousness that this dude is off our board because he does, he takes some plays off. I'm firing that person because if Kayvon Thibodeau is there in the third round I'm taking him and I don't give a shit what you're going to say because the upside of him as a number two overall pick right now in the third round is too high to pass up in the third round. So yeah, I, I hate, I get why they want to say it because you know, you want to be that guy. Oh, I was right. I knew that Kayvon Thibodeau was going to be bad. He was off my board. I wouldn't have even taken him at any point in the draft, but like you don't get any, uh, they don't get held accountable when they're wrong on that because they don't draft them or whatever. It's just kind of like a thing you say. I want to hold them accountable because I think they're fucking stupid. Dude, hard to agree. Like, you can't just say that some unanimous first-round pick dude is off your board, and then, like, if they're in the second round, like, they're suddenly... Like, Jalen Smith, like, tore his ACL, like, in a Fiesta Bowl, wasn't going to play the majority of the next season, and he fell from, like, a top-five pick to the second round. Now, it's definitely one of those things that NFL teams say to, like, make them seem smarter to the general public. Like, we know something about Kayvon Thibodeau that you as the general public definitely don't know. And me as the general public. Right? Yeah. And, like, I'm just saying as the general public, if you tell me that, I think you're a dumbass. Like, you have to – it has to be something like chronic laziness, right? Like, something to the point where it's, like, they're super talented, but, like, they're always, like, team meetings. Like, even in college. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, something that would, like, get out – to like everyone like there's no like there's no like reason to take a dude off your board that like everyone else just doesn't know yep just you know what just for this i'm gonna say he's off my board next week just for you gavin <laughs> you know what next week maybe we'll have a segment where we take folks off our boards you know what we're just gonna call we're just gonna make a segment called segments on segments there segments we go on segments <laughs> segmented all right before we get into the next one and how can you guys score update for us yes it is 67 59 90 seconds left Wow. Uh, TCU. Texas Christian University Horn College yeah. of America. And I do um I do have a little confession to make. Um Sam, I want to personally thank you for allowing me to watch ESPN Plus for like three years now. Oh yeah. No. I, I Dude, you're handing that. this out like cookies. Please let me have it. No, I gave it to Angelica because she uh Wisconsin was always like on a Big Ten network. Or something. Like, they were on, like, ESPN Plus and, like, no and, way to watch. And I think I was, like, having a really bad day or something. And oh, I just, like, right. wanted to watch, like, K-State day. as well. And I asked him for probably memes. probably did worse. No. <laughs> because I was, like, Sam, sometimes I'm, like, can you just send me a meme? Like, I'm just having a bad day. And then I think I was, like, I think he asked me if I was, like, watching the K-State game or something. And I was, like, no, I don't have it. Anyway, like, I have... Well, I, anyway, so I've kept it since then. But um, honestly, I'm still using like Fox's parents' dish too. So I mean, I do on. that yeah. too. So yeah, like, same. Okay. <laughs> I mean, like, like everybody uses, has like Jared. Everyone Fox, uses like, Fox's dish because like there's no limit to it. 
<laughs> we should just do it out I... on the show so that way more people can <laughs> um, Okay, so I, I don't, this isn't even a hot take. Um, first off, John Rant, super good. All right, um, that's yeah. Not a hot that's... Take. Um, <laughs> I think, I think John Morant might have produced the greatest game for highlights I've ever seen. In yeah. terms of like insane yeah. plays. Like I know single single handedly took over. The there's game games. itself was a highlight reel. Yes. Well, that's not even what I'm talking about. I'm literally talking about those two plays. I'm talking first off, that dunk was disgusting. <laughs> so like in terms of like a linear progression of like best dunk I've seen, like up until that point, you know, like you have that Blake Griffin dunk over Kendrick Perkins and that gets replaced by like the DeAndre Jordan dunk over Brandon and I. By the way, I had to watch that one last night because you know, jaw got me all hyped up for that. And like, there's, I, I, there's a couple of things I watched and Blake Griffin's got like two just disgusting dunks in one game ever, but that dunk by, Oh, and by the way, if you haven't seen and don't remember the Anthony Edwards dunk from last year over uh Juan Anuba, that's not how you pronounce his name. He plays for the Raptors or he played for the Raptors. Go watch that one. That was my previous like top dunk, like a WWE champion or something. But uh, that three-point shot, combined with that dunk, might have been the greatest, like, two-play, like, highlight show of, like, any game I've ever seen from anyone. Like, he's just, like, I, I'm trying to think of what, like, game someone had two highlights that insane. It, it is hard to pick out. I mean, that was, oh, my gosh, that, those two took I over, think, took I over the social one. media. And by the way, shout out to Steven Adams. Like, shout out to Steven Adams for both his passes. That one on the three-point shot was incredible. That was an incredible, yes, very, very good. You know what I do? You know what? I, I have to amend the Anthony Edwards dunk. The the one in between those two is the Giannis alley-oop in Game 5 of the Files last year. If you rewatch that dunk from behind the backboard, he literally almost decapitates himself as he goes up for an alley-oop. Oh, I remember. No, I, I do remember no that. No shot clock. Behind the rim, only up one. That dunk was insane. It wasn't like nasty, like Edwards or Morant, but like that dunk was insane. I so do I remember guess, that. I guess my hot take is about a simmer. Um, it's that Jaw's really good, and it's also just a moment for me to gloat because if you ask anyone, I said at the beginning of the season, Grizzlies would be a top four seed. They currently are, and John Morant would be the MVP. He's not currently the MVP, but he's an MVP candidate, so that's kind of close. All, All right. right. Beans you got legit one bean? has one. I, it, in our notes, it says Beans legit has one. Okay, All so right. what's actually your hot take this week? So, okay, I'm going to go with like a pre-story here and then ju- ju- dive into it. Uh, it is before sa- you start and Helica, score update. It is 68-64. TCU still on top, 47 Ooh. seconds left. Oh, oh no. Uh, okay, I'll make this one happen. Nice we've seen this story before. So. Yes, we have. All right, oh. Serenade me with your free story. And Hulk, if that game goes final in the middle of anything, please stop us and report the final. <laughs> okay, so I'll make it. I'll just do the same. I'll just make okay. this quick. So I love baseball, and I think, you know, I'm big. I love the Royals and think the baseball is America's pastime. And it's sad to see what is happening. Current update the NFL or the MLBPA turned down the uh, final proposal from the MLB. So it might not be happening on opening day. So that's very upsetting. Um, but. I love America's story uh, for baseball, and I think baseball is one of the greatest sports. But I do not think Babe Ruth could play in today's baseball era. Oh, that's facts. 
That and and a lot I'm of people, in. I'm a lot of people that. would chop my head off. You know, Babe Ruth had 700 home runs. I'm um, sorry. Babe Ruth didn't play against uh, African Americans. No. no, dude, <laughs> he literally didn't play against. Half of the okay, 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 okay. All right, or, or Puerto Ricans are okay. Okay, he didn't play against any minorities. Everyone, any minorities, any brown the pitch, people. The pitches that are being thrown now, the the fastballs are faster, and the curveballs are more yackers than ever before. Uh, and the fields are bigger too. Like he was playing at Polo Grounds, which is what like two forty five left and right. Well, I know he, he that wasn't his primary home stadium. The Polo Grounds, the Polo Grounds is like four hundred like fifty feet dead center, but like two hundred feet to either corner. Yes, exactly. So I mean, I don't and I don't know if he where if he did play there. You know, where would you hit? You would definitely want to directionalize it to left well, he, or right field. Yeah, I mean, it would have been for poles. I mean, let, let's get one thing straight. Babe Ruth absolutely changed the game of baseball. He did. There's no disputing that. And he will go down as the greatest of all time. And I'm not saying that it's against him. But in today's standard of baseball, it is a lot harder. Could I think the only person who I would trust to, like, survive in the majors at this point in time that has black and white footage that's kind of my standard, right? They're really old if they played when it was black and white. Yes, yes. He's like Ted Williams. Ted Williams is like the one dude I think stands a microcosm of chance in terms yes, of Yes, I actually would agree with that. And that's just because Ted Williams, like, was so meticulous in everything. Like, Babe Ruth, Babe Ruth nowadays just doesn't have, like, the personality or the drive to be, like, that good. Like, he, yeah. he doesn't, in oh, my you- opinion. You can't compare most athletes from back then to athletes now just because, like, the term athlete meant something different back then. Well, and back then he was, and back then he was, you know, how big was he? He was, he was a pretty, he's a pretty um, big dude. He was a pretty big guy. He was a pretty ovular guy. And now you got guys that are like hitting Um, the weight room every, and baseball to them back then was more of a side hustle, whereas now it is your life. Yep. Right. Yeah. So I think, I mean, let's think of it this way. People have a hard enough time comparing LeBron James and Michael Jordan, and those two dudes played 30 years apart. Babe Ruth played like 100 years ago. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So it'd be hard. It's impossible to compare eras. I will say, though, pound for pound, if you asked me to say who I thought the best baseball player ever was, it would be Willie Mays, personally. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, That's just my personal opinion. Yeah. Babe Ruth is probably like top three. Top top three for me is like ba- probably Babe Ruth, Willie Mays, and then like I like Hank Aaron. I don't know if I'd put Hank Aaron number three though. Uh, I mean maybe maybe Barry Bonds. I get the whole steroid. Bar- thing. Oh, Barry Bonds is up there. I know the steroid thing really. Bar- Barry Bonds might be not be top three because you know you have to factor in the steroids and everything. But I know, but it was better. It, it was good for the game. It was. That's it, a conversation. That's a conversation for next week when Sam exactly. is trying to come up with a hot take of the week five minutes before we start shooting. Well, uh, to stall for Sam, and Helica, I have a question for you based on a mm-hmm. previous thought from Beans. Mm-hmm. If you cut a sandwich directly down – I guess, Beans, how did you phrase it? Yeah, if, A sandwich cut down the middle is smaller than a sandwich cut diagonally. There you go. First off, TCU won 74 to 64, and yeah. they're storming the court. Woo! Storm chasers are there. Um, we have live content wind. now. This is an awesome Frog podcast. Wind. Yeah, yeah. Um, what was the weather okay. at the game? 
Um, it looks like a chance of uh, some stormy weather because the storm chasers are there. So, hey, TC, yeah. TCU made it rain and KU didn't. I saw Braun get like stuffed, like it was great because I hate that guy. Connor uh, anyway. Braun's very punchable face. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just like Mitch Lightfoot, I just want to like smack him in the face. And I've hey, seen Mitch way, Lightfoot before out, off. and that's... I just like want to hit him. He's I don't so want to cut you off. Uh, you're in Texas, so you would probably know this more than I do, which is surprising that I don't know this. Who won last night? Was it Baylor or Texas? I was so dejected at K-State losing last night. I didn't even check. I know, right? So sad. Uh, Baylor actually won. They came back. And oh, so they're it. tied with KU for first? Yes, now. they are. Ooh, no, well, no, no, no. Isn't KU, a half, isn't KU a half yeah, game back? I think Baylor actually is going to win. Uh, well, I think we'll win it okay, out right now. They're tied in the loss column. KU has one extra game left. Oh. No. They're Dude, this Big 12 tournament's going to be crazy. I'm excited. Yeah. It's going to be good. All right, but anyways, so back. So tell me that, that the amount of sandwich is the same no matter which way you cut it. No, I for, I didn't hear you. Sorry, I was concentrating on the game. What do you all right, ask all right. me? All right, so this is the last segment, and then we'll, then we'll, we'll cut it off. Uh, uh-huh. So a sandwich cut down the middle is yeah. smaller than a sandwich cut diagonally. No, if anything, it'd be like opposite. I mean, it's not opposite. But if anything, it'd be opposite. <laughs> well, you can't like, argue with someone employed by the government being. So I think oh, yeah. I my mean, brain is like fried. The, the resident- Why would it be? That makes. Okay, yeah, let me put it this way, Beans. A sandwich cut diagonally in America is smaller than a sandwich cut down the middle in Africa. This sounds exactly like trying to create our cow to a uh, riptide. You know what? Equation. We you don't need more equations going into this pod. Because... Yeah, I got a lot of work for next week. So. Yeah, I'll, we'll I'll a find a I'll find a K State professor and we'll get this equation figured out. G- Gavin, you Gavin, you do your work. I'll do mine, and we'll come I back mean, next the week. the Pythagorean theorem has to be in there somewhere. Yeah, like, exactly. You gotta yeah. do some geometry. And, like, and you, you, you got like what is that? Like the diameter or whatever hypotenuse. That's the word. Beans <laughs> has been refuted by. And a sandwich expert. Well, I think it like depends though, because it depends. Are you eating like circular lunch meat or is it like a hamburger? It don't don't, don't matter. If it's diagonally, it is bigger than cut down the middle. He's he's equating larger surface area of the cut with larger Mm. sandwich. Also, I am saying if you see a sandwich brought to you that is cut down the middle or diagonally, I would automatically assume the diagonally cut sandwich is bigger. Dude, that's okay. a different question. That's a different okay, question. Wait a, wait a minute. Okay, no. We can't keep talking about sandwich cuts. We have to finish <laughs> this episode. It's already like two hours and 20 Yeah, I know. We got, we got, we got <laughs> it. Too long again. Beans, hit us with your final thought-provoking moment so we can get out of here. Uh, Kansas weather is nice. Oh, that that ties in perfectly because – Oh, wait. Is it, wait, this is, wait, this is my thought-provoking moment of the week? Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Oh, oh, okay. I actually have a pretty good one. Um, so actually, wait before you start. In Helica, is global war- hmm. warming real, or is the weather real? Um. Well, climate change is real. Global warming. I mean, I'm not. I mean, I could like. I mean, we are warming by a degree Fahrenheit per year, but climate change is definitely real. So I mean. I have to first. say yes. You heard it here first. The government mm-hmm. wants you to think that climate cha- climate change is real. It is, but <laughs> I mean, your grandkids will soon figure it out. 
Uh, it'll be, the it'll be, would want you to say. It would be their problem, not mine. I mean, the Greenland ice sheet is melting at an alarming rate. I mean, they have, like, algae growing under there now, which means more sun's getting through, which is not a good sign. So there's lots of good studies that you can look at and good research you can look at so that you can come to the conclusion yourself. But I went to UW, and they are big into climatology and things like that. So definitely uh, climate change is real, and we are warming. So, but, you know. Do with that what you may. I mean, we'll be fine, but our grandkids may suffer. Yeah, so. fuck them yeah. kids. Yeah, <laughs> screw them. <laughs> all right, Deans, let's make Take us out. All right, so, all right, so it's more of a thought-provoking question, and uh, I'll just ask it, and we can get out of here, because holy crap, this is a long segment. Can animals have kidney stones? They have kidneys, so I don't see why they couldn't have kidney stones. Yeah. I think but dogs you never do. you never see a dog just wallow over and pay like I had a kidney stone before and holy shit. How do you make a kidney stone? Yes. Well and, and much calcium build up. Build up. Well mine's hereditary. Why calcium? Do dogs have calcium? They have see, bones, don't they? See, this is where you guys need Ethan to come on next podcast and you he know will what? answer all these questions. You know what? Animal talk next week. One at a time. We'll do animal talk, finance talk. <laughs> okay. uh, we'll do that on segments on segments. How about that? Yeah, there we go. Segments. All right. Well, everyone, we need to get the heck out of here because this episode is too long and you're probably not going to watch it. because This is so going to take like three years to download. <laughs> we want to really thank Angelica for coming on to the show today. We might, we should have you on next week. You know, come, come with us with some weather facts. Hey, we'll come fly. Hashtag come fly with us. Spread the word. Okay. Yeah. All right. Do you want you want me to shout out your Twitter as a shameless plug? Um I don't care. Do you know my Twitter? Yeah, you can Yeah, yeah. I, can, I mean I, I don't I, tweet. I right now. <laughs> All right. If you want to follow our, you know, weather correspondent in Helica, it's at ahel eleven. That's lowercase A, lowercase W, lowercase W, capital H, lowercase E, lowercase L eleven. Oh, I get it, because, like, oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, they used to call me Hell in, like, like high school, and Helly in college, and then, yeah, so. Well, there we go. All right. Thank, thank you, guys. guys. It was listeners. fun. We'll have you back <laughs> next week, Hallie. Tell you what. Okay. Yep. Thanks, Angelica. Yep. Bye. And from all of us at the Flyover Sports Show, Flyover State Sports Show, can't talk, long episode, we'd like to thank everyone for listening, and we'll see you soon.